0: Bye.
1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another installment of the Around Back to normal around here as I am now back in the host chair, and, and Ryan, wow. Zach is back, and he is in the producer chair. Today's installment of the Bataround round is brought to you by Live Casino. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Bet on every sport with 51 self-service kiosks, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. And... Reserve your spot to watch the big game in the FanDuel Sportsbook right now by emailing events at sportsandsocialmd.com. That's events at sportssocialmd.com. I'm pretty sure they don't have any tables left, but you can still go to a sports and social and sure have a good time. It is a beautiful, beautiful Saturday morning. It's almost 60 degrees outside. Really nice. I walked outside today. I'm like, it was warm yesterday, warm-ish. It wasn't freezing last night. Maybe it'll be nice when I walk out the door. And sure enough, I walk out the door, and I was like, ooh... This feels like spring.
2: It does. This feels
1: like spring, and then tomorrow's gonna be 35 and snowing.
2: Past few days, yeah, I know. Well, past few days, I've been I've been outside a lot, been uh, you know running around the area, and it's been really nice outside, and it's it's it felt like spring all week. And walking to classes and everything has been great. Not when it's you know 15 degrees like it has been the past few weeks, so I, I'm loving it. Um, guys, I, guys, I always I always get very tired of this this season around February. So I'm yeah, glad it's kind of thi- change it. I, I think over. we we all do. I
1: yeah. I, like, I I am not a Valentine's day guy and it's probably Mm. from spending the last 20 years working in restaurants oh yeah i bet um that has made me not a valentine's day guy my wife is not a valentine's day
2: woman well that's a perfect match then you got nothing to worry about she
1: doesn't she she thinks it's a made-up hallmark holiday uh she doesn't want to do dinner anything like that but she did text me about a week two weeks ago and she said hey babe i uh i got you something for valentine's day She's like, I really just wanted to buy it for you and needed an excuse, but I got you something. Okay. And I'm sitting there like, damn it. Now I gotta go get her something. It's a trap. You see how that thing <laughs> See, see, <laughs> That's see how it works. We, we don't we have I mean, I, I always get her something, right? I, yeah. I I'll always get her like a rose or some flowers and some candy or something like that. Um box of jelly beans, you know. But but I know my wife and I know that she's <laughs> not a Valentine's Day woman. Yeah. But I'm also smart enough to know that when the wife says I got you something for Valentine's Day just because I wanted the I wanted an excuse to get you something. That means mm-hmm. you better get me something.
2: Well, the most dangerous one is when she says I don't want anything at all, and then you know that's that's the dangerous one right there. So she you... doesn't
1: seem to get that. Okay, she doesn't seem to get that because at Christmas she doesn't want us getting gifts for each other. Really? And I said I am never I am never gonna be the guy that doesn't get my wife a Christmas present. And yeah. she says, "Well, it's really <laughs> self-serving because if I tell you I don't want something for Christmas, yeah. and then you get me something for Christmas." Aren't you just doing that for yourself? And
2: <laughs> you're in a bind here, Paul. Oh, my, my man, it, 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 how do, <laughs> you can't win for losing with that
1: situation, man. It, it, it's okay. So if I don't get you something for Christmas, my husband got me nothing for Christmas. If I do get mm. you something for, damn you! I told you I why didn't. Why did want you spend anything, that money? You yeah. spent that. Mo- it's not even yeah. about spending the money. It's why would you get me something when I told you not to get me something? Mm. And it's very self-serving because it makes you feel good, even though I didn't want it. What do you do there? So I just get her a Christmas Not present. Not married, and, and, wouldn't know. <laughs> oh man, no, I, I, I love my wife. Um, you know, guys, <laughs> guys, let me, let me. Let this me, is going down let, an interesting road right now. Let me start. No, I do love my wife. She's, she's the best. Um, let me start. Let, me, let me start this show over <laughs> simply because of the fact that Zach is trying to sit here and speak to you all normally, like he is. Like he said something before the show that was okay.
2: What did I say? I don't even remember.
1: If Zach had said to me in my opinion oh, oh, yeah, if yeah, yeah. Zach had said to me <laughs> Paul in my opinion Nolan Ryan is one of the mm. top two pitch- best pitchers of all time he is that is that is
2: his opinion mm-hmm. okay pedro martinez is number 1 the, nolan ryan is number 2
1: that's you say that factually and it's not it's a, my, it's it, my opinion. It's, it, it is your opinion yeah. but zach said to me Nolan Ryan is easily a top two pitcher <laughs> yeah. of all, he said easily, a to, so yes. not only does he believe this, he is insinuating that if you don't believe it, you're oh, a no, moron. That's,
2: look, that's not what I meant at all, but seven no-hitters, Paul, um, struck out an unbelievable amount of guys. The guy was a straight up winner, he got in brawls, I mean the guy is, the guy is an all-time legend and oh, I, no, I, th- I love him. Don't
1: get me wrong, he is one of the greatest pitchers of all time. But you're forgetting about guys uh, like I think this. I mean, the, the conversation starts and ends with Cy Young and Wal- and, and Walter Johnson.
2: Yeah, now, and Walter Johnson more so than Cy because and, the times and, they played. And
1: Satchel Page was he was pitching yeah. in the majors at 52 years old.
2: Yeah, <laughs> for Kansas City. Yeah, yeah.
1: Actually, I think it was 59. I think it was. 59. Yeah, it was something
2: like that. And he threw like three innings. He threw at, three at, innings yeah. of one hit ball. Incredible. Incredible.
1: Yeah. yeah. No. Nolan Ryan, top five, top ten. Pedro Martinez, top five. Pedro Martinez was so damn good. He was so damn good. And I hated him when I was a kid because he pitched for the Red Sox. And he threw... I mean, I was... A little insight here. I was okay with it at the time. I'm not okay with it now. As a grown man, I can see how bad it was that he threw Don Zimmerman to the ground
2: (laughs) in that brawl. But when
1: when I was like... 15, and he did it, I was like, "Yeah, screw that guy. Because he was a Yankee. Sure. I, as, as an adult man, I, I can sit here and say unequivocally... <laughs> the wisdom uh, has been gained you on, this, can't, on this topic. A, 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 in your early 30, if you're an early 30s man who's a professional athlete, even if you're not a professional athlete, if you're a man, you can't throw an 84-year-old man on the ground. It's like, Not a good look. And I don't think he was 84 at that point. I think he was in his 70s. But he's even older. still, it's, it's, it's a bad look if he's in the 60s. You just can't do it. Uh, so it's just... Unless he's like Tony Horton, the guy who created P- P90X. That guy's almost 70, and he's, like, shredded. But anyway, I digress. Where is this show going?
2: Yeah, you know, my my biggest problem with Cy Young, and we're going to get to this later in the show, I have a little sounding off to do about this, but my biggest problem with Cy Young is he played from 1890 to 1911. We just can't call that modern era baseball. Like, I can't put him up there. Nolan Ryan would have destroyed this guy if they played at the same time together. You see, know, but, they, if, see, say see, they both played in the 50s or something.
1: Say, see, people say that. People say that, but Nolan Ryan pitched in an era... And look, it's not like the the fifth. It's not like the '60s and '70s and '80s and '90s were so far and away advanced, mm-hmm. right? But they're certainly more advanced in sure, the late yeah. 1800s, early early 1900s. So when people say, "Oh, Adam Otavino would would strike out Babe Ruth every <laughs> time," yes, if you took Adam Otavino yeah. in 2018 mm-hmm. and you just teleported him, if you if you t- put him in a time traveling device and Time machine. What, what, what was that? T- time traveling device. It's the machine, car. <laughs> if you put him in a time machine and sent him back to 1927, uh-huh. yes, he would dominate. And vice versa. If you sent, if you put Babe Ruth in 1927 in a time machine and fast forward into 2018, he would dominate. But if they came up in the same era mm-hmm. and had the same tools available to them, you can't convince me that that's the case. Yeah, that's that's true. Definitely. You, know, you know what i definitely. mean? definitely that's like that's like saying my it uh, like oh i'm a I'm a better man than somebody who grew up in the 1700s because my life expectancy is eighty one and that guy's mm, yeah. life expectancy was forty two sure it's a, it's, a, mean, it's, a, it's a different era yeah. like that like, like you have so much more things at your disposal this day and age than they did back then and Babe Ruth was swinging a a friggin 40 ounce bat back in nineteen twenty seven yeah. you give Babe Ruth a 30 ounce bat you give him the tools that all the hitters have today. I guarantee you, he would dominate Adam Otovino or most pitchers. He was the greatest of his era, and if he grew up in this era, he'd still be one of the greatest of his era.
2: Yeah, and I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, Babe Ruth for me is is top five all time. He's not my number one because Willie Mays is the greatest baseball player in the history of baseball players, and, and Barry Bonds is number two. Uh, but where do you put Griffey? Um, because I'll tell you right uh, now, if Griffey top ten this
1: and this is this is not a uh, you can't. If something happened, well, if something didn't happen, well, yeah, but but it did happen, right? But let's say that Griffey had the health that Barry Bonds had. Their home run numbers are comparable, if not Griffey's are better.
2: Oh, I don't disagree with that at all. And
1: and, and Griffey, when he went to Cincinnati, and before he got hurt, was a lifetime 302 hitter. And he had the 20 steal capability, and he was a defensive wizard in center field. I would put Ken Griffey Jr. top five all-time if... You take away the injuries. I mean, the guy st- the guy spent the majority of his time in Cincinnati with o- o- on the injured list, and yet he still hit over six hundred home runs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, to me, uh, it, it, it's, it's kinda, Griffey's it's kinda, up it's there. He's up kinda, there. It's kind of a fun game, and we're starting it early. This is Zach's sounding off segment, so we're gonna wait to to do this mm-hmm. um, when we get to sounding off. Um, the more important thing coming out is that Rob Manfred met with the media. On Thursday. Always a fun time. And so it started leaking out actually middle of last week that he was going to meet with the media on Thursday. It really started getting um, publicity the beginning of this past week. And it was mentioned he's going to meet with the media next Thursday and he's going to delay spring training. And he didn't. He said spring training is still planned to go off as scheduled because they have a Good faith, and if you're not, <laughs> if you're listening not watching, I'm doing the air quotes. Mm. A good faith proposal. It's a good proposal.
2: I put that in the description, in, qu- in quotes like that, yeah. because we all know it's not, I'm <laughs> not the most reliable. What's a
1: good proposal to Rob Manfred? Did I call him Fred Manfred
2: earlier? You might have. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I I wouldn't because even, even notice. Because Fred Manfred, the, the broadcaster mm, yeah, for the sure, Orioles.
1: Sure. I, I, I always make that mistake. Rob Manfred What's a, what's a good what a good proposal is to Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball mm-hmm. is not what a good proposal is to the Players Union, and, and let's let's be very clear about that. These two sides are so not on the same page that you can't just say this is a good faith good proposal because you have you are so blinded to what the Players Union wants. You don't care what the Players Union wants. You care what you want. He goes on to say stuff like um, uh, losing games would be disastrous. For this, and then compared to owning a major league franchise as being a more, as being riskier than than playing the stock market, even though uh, <laughs> I don't know about that one. Even the return on the MLB franchise is is 669 yeah. percent right now. So um, you gotta kind of take everything that, that, that Rob Manfred says with a grain of salt. Both sides have agreed on a universal DH, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And big it, step. and it does seem like. From hearing what the players are saying, from hearing what the owners are saying, it does seem like both sides are becoming more eager to get something done as we're now just about six weeks away from opening day. I mean, spring Mm training is supposed to start tomorrow. I mean, on Monday. Yeah. Right? So opening day is right around the corner. They don't want to lose games. I just, like I just said, I can't imagine... Something that Rob Manfred deems as good for the game is something that the Players Union deems as good for the game.
2: Doubtful. Um, A universal DH is definitely good for the game. And this is something that we've really needed, frankly, for a while now. Because Mm -hmm. pitchers, I mean, look, it's traditional, I get that. And there are a lot of traditionalists out there who want to see baseball be played in the way that it was played when Cy Young was pitching. And I, I get that. But there's also a factor to it that you're looking to attract more fans as a sport, right? Like, you, it's getting older and older. The fan the fan, you know, average age is getting older and older, and you want to bring in young kids. They don't really want to see pitchers just stand up there and watch three fastballs go by them and strike out immediately or lay down a bunt. Like, that's not exciting. Nobody well, – there, th- there are very few pitchers besides guys like Zach Greinke can actually hit.
1: There, there, there's – and we've, we've even seen it recently in, like, the last decade or so – where you would have a guy like a Dontrell Willis or a Mike Hampton, or in mm-hmm. the '90s it was Tom Glavin who won yep. a, who won a bunch of Silver Sluggers. You don't have those those pitchers anymore. No, guys are not interested at all. No. in standing in the box. A few of them are. Yeah. A few like Madison Bumgarner, um, John Means, cranky, it, it, they, cranky. They, yeah. they, they give it a good effort, but by and large, the majority of pitchers don't give two f's. No. About about hitting. No. They they don't care and it's an automatic out which is why generally you will see guys go to the National League as pitchers and their ERAs get better right you know it's why Wade Miley was always a good pitcher in the National League but in the American League he always got torched mm-hmm. and it's it really is as simple as you get an automatic out
2: right you do and if not it's a bunt um that you know maybe helps your team out a little bit but it's it's basically an automatic out in the lineup and you you know you maybe get a hit one out of every 10 times one out of 11 12 if they're actually up there trying so there there's no pitchers anymore that are hitting 250 260 i think bumgarner maybe was up there a few years ago i'm going to say like 3 or 4 years ago he had a pretty decent season at the plate and there was one player who was uh, outside of Otani, obviously, because he doesn't really count, and he's not even in the National League, so it doesn't really matter. But there was one player for the Reds, and I'm trying to remember his name. Was it Michael Lorenzen? Was that who it was? That was uh, a pretty decent hitter as a relief pitcher. I'm trying to remember uh, who dude, it I was. have no idea. I'll have to find that uh, out. Have, but uh, uh, who, who
1: knows that? It might. It is, might this, <laughs> is, this, is this a glimpse of what the trivia no, question No, 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 no. Which reliever is the best hitter of all time? You,
2: you will love this trivia question, actually. it's a good. It's so. an Orioles one. so. I hope so. I think you'll like it. But anyway, right. I mean, pitchers just, it's one out of 11, one out of 12 times if they're actually trying anyway. So it's just not a really exciting thing to watch when you're a baseball fan.
1: I am interested to see what the what happens regarding, well...
2: It was Lorenzo, by the way. Uh, the, the good hit. He was a pretty good hitter. He oh. played center field a little bit. Right. Anyway, right. <laughs> it wasn't. <him. laughs>
1: I remember Giovanni Gallardo hitting a walk-off double as a pinch hitter against the Orioles in 2014. Um, mm. When he was pitching for Milwaukee, <laughs> <wall laughs> it was like it was extra innings, and he comes up as a pinch hitter, and he hits a he hits a game winning double, and uh, like a, it was a walk off double, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? You let you let a starting pitcher pinch hit, and you let him beat you?" But the Orioles won ninety six games that, that year, so I digress again. Um, I guess it's not really a, a question if, if Shohei Otani is pitching and there's an automatic D8 and there's a DH in both leagues. I guess it's not really a question if they want him in the lineup to just have the pitcher hit. But then do the same rules apply? Uh, I, I guess that you give up your DH. So I guess it's yeah, no, nothing going to really change because he's always pitched in a DH league.
2: So, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I mean, the rules are going to get a little bit... I think chewy would be the right word for it there. It's going to be... I, I don't know exactly. The, the whole stuff with Otani and how the Angels work around that and put him in the lineup and have him pitch and hit at the same time is also confusing to me. I'm not really sure how they work around that. But you could see teams do that every once in a while. Maybe if they have a guy like a, you know Otani, if there's another one that comes along at some point. But that's kind of s- unlikely.
1: I still maintain that Shohei Otani should be their closer. Uh, uh, like this if you want to uh, prolong his his career, then yeah, sure. I I really he can hit a hundred with his fastball. He throws like eight different pitches. From yeah, what he's got a really good slider. Yeah, uh, and then you don't have to take him out of the lineup ever. He can mm. literally he can literally play every game, every inning of every game, and then just come in in the ninth inning and pitch. And then if if he happens to be batting, you just lose your DH and 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 he pitch and he pitches. Yeah, you know, like I. I, I, I I don't know. I, I, that's a story for another day. I think Shohei Otani would be a phenomenal closer, and I think it's mm-hmm. something the Angels should consider, especially for wear and tear. Because how long yeah. can you really can you really do what he's doing?
2: Right. I mean, he's already faced some some injury problems in in his short career right now. So yeah. So you
1: you saw how much he wore down at the end of the year last right. year. Right. The, the power the power numbers. He was still hitting his fair share of home runs, but the RBIs were way down. The right. average was was dipping. Uh, I mean, it's got to get exhausting.
2: Through June, he was on like a what like a. 70 home run pace. Yeah. Something crazy like yeah. that. And then... And then, he, then he, and
1: he, what, what did he hit? 42?
2: Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Like he, it, he died he, off at the end of the year. Yeah,
1: really, really died off. So... Um, but, you know, the, getting back to the CBA, we... we the, the prime example here is with this bonus poll uh, proposal from from the Players Union for pre-arbitration eligible players. They wanted $105 million, right? So, Major League Baseball slaps them in the face when their counter proposal was... Te- like... What
2: are you thinking? Not even in 10 the in million. the ballpark. Not 10 million. Yeah.
1: So then at first I got irritated with the players union because I'm like you guys only came down 5 million because they came down from 105 to 100 million. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. then I realized they took the 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 league's offer as a slap in the face, so they slapped them right back in the face. It's has it's been a a, a slap battle. And now it's just
2: a pissing contest. Can we just meet in the middle at 50?
1: Yeah. Dude, doesn't that make sense? Dude, that's the thing. If it, Major League Baseball, if Major League Baseball countered at forty million, mm-hmm. then the then the players' union comes down probably at ninety million, and then they're like, well, forty-five million, and they come down to then it
2: just keeps getting closer and closer, right? Yeah.
1: And then you probably end somewhere at like $60, sixty, sixty-five million, yeah, right? And but no, ten million dollars, what? It's a joke.
2: It's that, a joke. That's really not a realistic proposal. Ten no. million dollars, it, and. and Maybe you could say that the 105 on the other side isn't really that realistic either.
1: I, I'm very interested to see with this good faith proposal
2: <laughs> if the the the
1: bonus pool is something more realistic. If that bonus mm-hmm. pool is like 60 million, okay, I, that's a good faith proposal. It's a good number. You know, I, I think 60 million is a good number. If it's like 23 million, like oh, come on, let's 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 get this together now. I, I'm I'm I don't have a lot of faith, man. I I. I can you can we at this point, can we trust anything that Rob Manfred says? Is no anything more no. than a mouthpiece for the owners no
2: um that, that's what he's there to do. I mean, he really is a representative for the owners that's more or less what he is, so I think that you gotta again, you keep using this expression. I'm mean to use it again, but take everything he says with a grain of salt because he's a guy that is really a mouthpiece for whatever the owners want you to hear. And right now, it's hard to take a side, really. You can't really side to the Players Union because they've made some proposals that are not really realistic, and Major League Baseball has made some even more unrealistic proposals. So... Really, both sides here just need to find a way to get it together. Meet in the middle, fifty, sixty million. I think that's a pretty good number. That makes sense. It it provides for a decent bonus pool, and it gives a little bit of of what each side wants in that deal. So I think it makes sense. I, I think it's so my my question it's unlikely here,
1: because what we're seeing a lot of now on social media is mm-hmm. people saying the owners implemented this lockout, and they didn't have to. Mm-hmm. They impl- uh, and realistically, they implemented the lockout. Immediately, they did. They need to do that. No, they could have had the off season. They could have kept doing business as usual mm. and negotiated, and then if it came to a head, lockout. A lockout and a strike both favor the owners, regardless. Sure, they, they both favor the owners. But can we be sure? And we've we've seen players come out recently and say, "He, they need to lock us out. We could have played under the the, the old CBA while we worked out a new one." Mm-hmm. Do we honestly believe that the Players Union wouldn't have, have, is it struck? Striked? uh, striked? Uh, I think it's striked. Sure. Do we honestly believe there wouldn't have been a labor strike if there wasn't a lockout?
2: There would have been. I, I don't think there's any question. Right. I mean, the, the players say that, but maybe that's not what the representation thinks. That right. you know, There might be a difference there because there are certain players that are really more involved in this process than the others. So I guess you've got to listen to the ones that are really involved in this process. I know... Um, I'm trying to remember who it was, but there was a really prominent player who was who was kind of heading up the negotiations at Max one Scherzer? point. And it might have been Max Scherzer. He, he does a lot with this, and he's a good example. Um, so it's those players I think you got to listen to more than maybe a random reliever on the Angels or something. I mean, it just... It, there, there's a difference, like, I, and I guess what they're saying and what they're presenting uh, from from each side.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very. I mean, of course, I'm interested to see um, what this proposal is going to be because I'm a baseball guy. Sure. You know what I mean? I, and I I want them to report the spring training this week. I want to, you yeah. know, the football's over after tomorrow. Yep. So I want to get into baseball. I'm yep. I've been wanting to get into baseball since it basically ended. I, like yeah. I, I'm good with like a three week break and then let's get right back into it. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, I'm very, very interested to see what a good-faith proposal looks like in the eyes of the league and, and then what what the players' union thinks about it because I, I I can't imagine that they have any clue what it would take to get the, the, the players' union to agree to their proposal today. I can't imagine.
2: It's going to be probably a disappointment. I'm just going to say that right now. You know, Good faith is in MLB's opinion, and I find it hard to believe that me or you are going to agree that it's a good-faith proposal. Well, I- it might be better. But that's not. And 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 maybe when when
1: they say good faith, maybe they in good faith they mean it shows them that we're willing to bend more than they think. That's probably what it is. And this proposal we know is probably not the one that gets it done. Mm -hmm. But it gets the ball rolling in a positive direction. So
2: they'll go to fifteen million on (laughs) on the one Uh, number side. Oh my my god! (laughs) I I. I I, I mean,
1: to me, you'll know what kind of. like where they are based based on that alone.
2: Yeah, it, it definitely is a, is a good uh, measurement for that. And I think today is is going to give you an overall idea of where this whole thing stands. I think today is going to be one of the pivotal moments of this. I think you're you're going to find out a lot, especially coming after the press conference on Thursday. Do we know wh- what
1: time they're making the proposal?
2: No idea. I hope it's during the show. We can break it down a little bit. there's, but no, there's no way. Probably not. We, would,
1: we wouldn't be that lucky. <laughs> um, well, no, but and then and then you're wondering if this is all a facade, right? Rob Manfred came out. I mean, it was expected by and large that he was going to delay spring training on Thursday, and he didn't. So now it says, hey, look, he's probably hoping it makes it seem like the league is saying, hey, look, we're, we want to get something done. We don't want to lose anything. We don't want to mm-hmm. lose spring training. Let's get to this so that when it gets rejected by the, by the players' union, mm-hmm. the, Rob Manfred can come out and say, hey, look, we tried. We gave them a more yeah. than fair proposal. That's, that's what will happen. And we have no choice because they won't come to an agreement with us but to shut down spring training until we can get something done. It's kind of
2: twisting the story a little bit to make it sound better for yeah, them. I, yeah. that,
1: that's what I look at this as. I, I I think that Rob Manfred's a scumbag. I think he's an absolute scumbag. I think that he's very underhanded, and I think he's nothing more than a mouthpiece for the
2: owners. And, Which is his job, technically. Yeah. So I'll you know, i give him a little bit of credit there. It, it, I don't want to give him much. <laughs> boo. Um, uh, look, I mean, that that really is, frankly, what he is. Yeah. That's kind of what he was hired. I mean, that's, that's, you got to have a guy, I think, like that in that role. Um, I know a lot of people want to get rid of Manfred, and I'm not really going to say one way or the other what I think about that, but I think that he, that's really his job, more or less, yeah. is, is to be a mouthpiece. Yeah, man.
1: because, I mean, the league is run by the owners, and I, and I totally get that. So, uh, well, Zach's going to get uh, Stan the fan on the line here for us. We have a, a great show coming up for you. Like I said, we're going to have Stan here in a matter of moments. Um, from we're going to have Eric Garfield. He's does scouting reports all over the place. He um he's always down at Twin Lakes Park. He's always down in spring training. He's been watching all of these young prospects, all of these younger young minor leaguers for the last month or so. Uh, so he's going to come on the show and he's going to talk to us about what he's seen about some players that maybe aren't on our radar, or maybe they are on our radar but should be Closer than what we think that they are. Um, so that's going to be at around 11. Then Zach's going to sound off more in his preposterous top 100 players of all time times list. And then we're going to get into Orioles banter. But Orioles banter today is more so... We're going to look at the, the remaining free agents. And we're going to try and figure out where we think they're going to sign. Um, mm. Just... Just because it's a it's a fun exercise for us. And then Zach's going to close things out with us giving me a trivia question. It's hopefully better than what ballpark no, like has the like most it. home runs. Um, <laughs> but we've been talking about the CBA here uh, on the Bat Around. And on the line with us now, the proprietor, uh, the founder of the Bat Around, Stan the Fan himself. Stan, good morning. How are you today?
3: Good morning, guys. How are you? We're doing
1: very well. Thank you uh, for asking. Stan... Have you been paying attention to, were you paying attention to the press conference with uh, Rob Manfred on Thursday?
3: Not particularly, no. Okay. No. So. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on at the time it went on and I heard about it and heard that he's, that they're going to, they're going to present some kind of big uh, counter proposal this morning to the players and mm-hmm. uh, now.
1: Didn't pay that close attention to. it. Okay, so we, it was I, I had heard rumblings about a week prior to that that he was going to come out on Thursday and essentially say spring training is delayed. But the first thing he said was spring training is not delayed. We still plan for we still plan for it to go off without a hitch uh, right. based on this good faith proposal. I say good faith in air quotes because, like I said to Zach in the beginning of the show, what a good faith proposal is to Major League Baseball is probably not what a good-faith proposal is to the players' union. With that in mind, do you think that there's any chance that this is a proposal that gets the ball rolling, or do you think it's, just, it's still a, a pissing contest?
3: Um, I'm I I won't know until I know exactly what the proposal is, but it sounds like it's centered on doing away with draft pick compensation for free agent signings. Okay. Which is which is something fairly significant. Uh, it's not trivial, but I don't think it's going to move the needle an- enough on this, you know.
1: Well, yeah, and and I go back to the <clears throat> the bonus pool proposal where the, the the union came in at 105 and the league came back at 10 and so the union came back at, at 100 and that's where I, I, I use the phrase pissing contest because none of that stuff was a serious proposal. Uh, what do you think that number from the, from the side of the league would have to be for the players union to say okay this is something that maybe it's not what we want and maybe it's not what we'll agree to but it shows that they're willing to to get this thing rolling a little bit because it doesn't well,
3: I, seem... ha- I, I I don't think there's a great middle ground there, mm-hmm. you know, because you're it's not like you're talking it's not like you're talking about uh, you know, eight or 10 players. You know, you're talking about an amount of money that would be divvied up in the uh, younger players right. and that's 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 a significant number of players whether it's 30 or 40 so, the per player benefit is is not really great, so I don't see them willing to now if it's like fifty million this year, an additional fifty million next year, and an additional fifty million a third year or or thirty four million this year thirty five next year, and thirty something some number that's moving towards something that's meaningful for players uh that's what it would take to make.
2: Stan Manford I so wouldn't
3: think I wouldn't think I wouldn't think they're, they're going to come far off of that 100 million dollars right you know
2: Stan Rob Manford this week also announced a, a draft lottery that we don't know when it's going to go into effect he didn't really get into that into
3: the specifics. Yeah, that's but, that's the other thing he added
2: yeah. yeah so as far as the draft lottery goes, is that going to be a 2022 thing do you think Is that going to happen this year or does that happen in 2023
3: I think that probably happens in 2023. Okay, uh, I I don't think you know one season of a draft lottery is is going to do away with teams that have been in the midst of, if you want to call it tanking, you know, uh, because remember one of the most recent seasons allowed uh, allowed the Boston Red Sox to end up with like the fourth or fifth pick, right? So it really hasn't been all about tanking the last couple. Draft,
2: and do you think it's necessary? Because obviously, this is what the draft lottery aims to do—to eliminate tanking. Um, and, and do you think that's like vital to the to the progression of the game and to the to the, I guess, continuation of, of baseball as we know it? Doing this draft, lottery?
3: I I think something more more significant than the anti-tanking would be the the uh, floor. You know, a meaningful floor where a, where a team like the Orioles couldn't get away. You know, and the Orioles, ironically, with Alex Cobb's contract and Chris Davis' contract, really didn't get to a tanking level, you know, totally. But But 23 of the 25, or 24 of the 26 players were very marginally paid, you know. So the team was essentially tanking
1: yeah I, I I can't imagine we've talked to people on this show and we've talked to people on <clears throat> excuse me on Glenn Clark radio uh, that have said that they don't think any th- kind of draft lot or anything different with the draft will happen until after this coming season which would seem to make sense because how do you just uh, if teams are operating with one uh, with one mo and they have to switch to the other it's not really fair to the league
3: um look, look if, if the players came back and said we're not going to sign any contract that doesn't include uh, anti-tanking draft lottery in 2022. I don't think the owners would make that a, a an out-and-out, out, uh, you know, a line drawn in the sand over this. But it doesn't really make much sense to to sort of penalize a team. Any team that's in the process of sort of a major rebuild will be punished by it by, by it changing in 2023. But again, getting to some sort of floor would accomplish really more than the anti-tanking legislation, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I hope that that's, that that's part of—and I would imagine that would have to be, right? They've been talking about that since August. I would imagine that would have to be part of a new CBA, that there is some kind of floor so that you can eliminate yeah. the whole tanking issue. Remember,
3: remember one thing. there, There is one thing that can bring a lot of money into the game, and that is— Uh, expanded playoffs. So at the end of the day, anything, uh, because, because why should players be against expanded playoffs? It gives more players a chance to play for a championship. You know, it doesn't really make sense why, why they sort of have this line in the sand. Is it an integrity? I've never heard them say, we want to keep it at 10 because there's an integrity, of what the playoffs should mean. They just sort of use it as this chip to argue over and bounce arguments off of. So I think whatever comes about, you will see one of the big things that brings more money to the game will be an expansion of playoffs, from probably from 10 teams to 14 teams.
1: Yeah, and the expansion of the playoffs just means more money for everybody. I can't imagine why others, either side
3: would be against Yeah, it. I mean, somehow the, the owner's are not going to sort of pay for this out of their pocket. They're going to want to create new revenue. So at the last minute, I think you'll see that being argued, whether it's 12 teams or 14 teams. You know, from their end, the players are going to probably want to keep it at 12 teams, move it from 10 to 12, so they got an additional expansion the next time that they have these kind of discussions. To me, they should just, you know, Close their eyes and swallow, and and up at the fourteen teams.
1: Yeah, I think I think ultimately that's what's <laughs> going to what's going to end up happening. Now, Stan, again, I go back to this good faith proposal. This is a good proposal. This is what Rob Manfred said, uh, and he he said he said the spring training is still scheduled. Um, I look at that and I think, do you think of that as a bit of a facade of him saying for the league? Hey, look, we came at, we came to the union with a proposal we thought was more than fair. They weren't willing to agree to it, so now we have no choice but to shut down spring training until we can get something worked out. As kind of using it as leverage. I to wouldn't. The,
3: I wouldn't say it's a facade. I would say it's putting a a positive face. In in other words, to have an <clears throat> to have announced that spring training was being postponed for two weeks, but say that boy, we have a proposal we think's really going to change the nature of these discussions would have been sort of puncturing the balloon before it was allowed to fly so mm-hmm. you know we don't know exactly what his proposal is going to be uh on behalf of the owners but we we can generally sense i don't think it's going to be enough to just sort of end this thing like amazingly you know yeah, yeah i don't Now, I don't... you know some people are asking well why why did he wait till Saturday? I was about to ask Why didn't he just announce it Thursday and 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 again give more time to discuss and negotiate? The the one thing I think about when you talk about PR is do they want to come in the day before the Super Bowl and almost announce some revolutionary thing that's going to change, you know, the te- the whole face of these negotiations? So it's it's sort of pisses on the the Super Bowl in a small way or something. That's the only thing I can think of why they didn't, why he didn't kind of publicly say what he was going to offer, you know. And I guess it's not really, that's not negotiating to do that, you know, to, to go to the public first with all the, you know, the tenors of what you're going to offer. Well, uh, the
1: other thing I keep coming back to is, if, he said that losing games would be disastrous to the sport, but the league is what uh, uh, the league is the ones that went out and started the lockout when they really didn't need to. Right. And then on top of that, they waited forty three days to make their first proposal, and they didn't come back with a counter proposal and said, "No, we're going to go get a federal mediator." Everything the league has done, in my opinion, has shown that losing games is not as big a deal as they say it is.
3: Yeah, uh, you know. Again, if if ownership wants to put it out there, and again, I go back to his his statement on December second that he hoped that the, the uh, that the lockout would accelerate the urgency of these discussions. When they've had a couple of years to realize how how much at loggerheads they are, you know, they knew this during the negotiations of the sixty game, you know season in 2020 that boy we were i mean everybody it, everybody knew these were going to be incredibly painful and hard negotiations and i don't think they have come anywhere near what what they'll end up giving up before this is all said and done but what? again they they always have sort of the magic bullet and i'm telling you the magic bullet is this expansion of of MLB playoffs, that will go a long way in paying for whatever the own, the, the players gain in these negotiations. Yeah,
1: I, I honestly believe that we're going to see that. Just like we believe we're going to see the universal DH, we know that that's coming, David. That's the one thing that they right. have agreed on. I do
3: believe the expansion of the playoffs is going to happen. I'm just. I, I, I mean, I really do think today is a you know pivotal is the wrong word, but I mean, if they don't really make real progress. From today's proposal by the owners, where if it doesn't like really break up the log jam, uh, you know, it's kind of like the truckers on the Canadian border. You know, you move three or four of them, suddenly you won't be as jammed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, they they've got to make some room today, or else I I fear we really are. We're into a, you know, at the earliest, a late April opening of the season.
1: I still have faith that they're going to start on time. I, I have to, I have to believe in my heart of hearts that both sides are eager enough to get this done that they will eventually yeah. get it done without losing. The I games. thought
3: that a couple of weeks ago, but I really expected to see progress made sooner. They're really at a, uh, they're at a, uh, you know, an inflection point today really, is, really.
2: A, is is a pivotal day I think that yeah. much of what comes into the CBA will be announced you know today or, or at least in the next coming week I think it's it's right. it's coming to a point now where there almost has to be some kind of um, I'm not sure the right word for it but contribute Compr- well, compromise. Com- compromise, but also a contribution from each side to making this compromise. And I think that we're going to see the biggest well, contribution. Well, that's what compromise is. is
3: each yeah. side contributes to a and, compromise. And I
2: think we're going to see the biggest contribution from Major League Baseball coming today. At least I hope. That's
3: yeah. I hope so. I mean, you know, uh, Manfred uh, seems to, you know, there's a line from a movie, one of my favorite movies is, uh, you know, um, is a movie called my favorite year about an old swashbuckling actor, uh, played by Peter O'Toole. And there's a key point in the in the movie where he says, um, you can count on me. I'll always let you down, you know? And, uh, I always think of that with Rob Manfred. He sort of always lets me down.
1: Well, and and that's the thing. It, 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 Stan, we want to believe that he's more than just a mouthpiece for the, for the owners, but that's exactly what he is. Uh, he came out and he said that owning a, pro- a professional baseball... I, f- I think that
3: underestimates his his power. I don't think he's just a mouthpiece for the owners. I think he is shaping, because of his long experience negotiating, with the players, I think he has a sense of that he knows he alone knows what's best for the game.
1: Right, and you know? and that's kind of getting to my point is that you get the impression that he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, and the things that he says insinuate that we don't know what's going on. He he goes out and he says that owning a professional baseball franchise is riskier than than playing on the stock market.
3: Yeah, well, I don't know where that that needed to come in from you know i mean that's yeah. nonsense
2: and, and, yeah. and the, the re, what so, is what it. is that contribution to the to the press conference mean like what what is what is the point of saying that
3: yeah i mean <laughs> i i think he's uh, sort of sort of frame, framing that these uh offers he's coming with yeah can't be that that revolutionary because boy we are just barely making it right now as an investment for owners. I mean, you
2: know, little, little sense. Uh,
1: meanwhile, franchises are worth nearly seven times what they were when the owners bought them. Uh, yep. uh, yeah, so, so, cry me a river. But anyway, I, I, I don't know, Stan. They're talking about good faith proposals and this is a good proposal, but isn't it a sign of bad faith that they locked out the players at all? I mean, if you wanted to show good faith, maybe don't lock them out. Go forward off season as yeah, usual. And- you know,
3: I I I certainly agree that they could have they they could have in a good faith way. The owners could have said, you know what, we're we're unilaterally we have the right to announce a lockout on December first. We're going to push that ball down the, the court one month and said the same exact thing he said, but maybe have meant it, that, hey, we're going to push it down a month. We're not going to lock things down until January 1st, but we really need, both sides really need to understand that this month of January is critical. Now they've let 60 days go by, you know, yeah, uh, or 45 days go by where the urgency is building up. You know, one thing about urgency is it, Clearly moves with the clock. There's no question. When you start to, when the players start to have potential for losing paychecks, and the owners have the potential for losing revenue, direct revenue from TV games and broadcast rights and advertising. But what they've really let go by for for the entire sport is they've put it, their worst face forward at a time where baseball really needed to rebound in its in its ability to capture the imagination of fans.
1: Yeah, the, the, and that's, a, that's a thing. the thing. The people that are suffering the most right now are the fans. Without baseball, without not knowing. And then the audacity to come and ask us, and I know that, they, that they've got a business to run, but to ask us to go renew our season ticket plans and to buy single season tickets when we don't even know when yeah, the are going to start. Yeah,
3: exactly. There's, there's, there's actually, absolutely no urgency for fans to participate in in the preseason sale of tickets and you know and especially a town like baltimore which has been devastated the last five years from the freddie gray riot to the purge of the team you know there's just virtually i'm sure that i'm sure that the the amount of tickets sold by the orioles for this season is not very high
1: yeah this was this past season with under eight hundred thousand fans that came, through the, that came through that stadium, uh, that's the lowest I've ever seen. I, I know that you were saying when you were when, when the Orioles were coming up in the sixties and seventies that the, the attendance was about around that number.
3: I had never seen. No, it was million. never. It was, it was always like Baltimore was like a nine fifty to one point two million. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't until nineteen seventy nine uh, with the addition of WFBR radio to the mix. That they really got and also keep in mind what happened in Baltimore was at the time that the Colts were at their lowest credibility with Robert hearsay owning mm-hmm. the team that's when baseball started to pick up, and it was aided by the the ingredient of a radio station that promoted the hell out of the game yeah. and and having a great team, a great manager uh you know and, and it all played together and fueled. Like a you know, and then the stadium fueled a run from 1979 to about 2005. You know, right around the time Ripken retired, that uh, you know that baseball in Baltimore was a monster.
4: You know? Yeah,
1: I, I I think it can be a monster again. I don't think I I know it's never going to be what it was in the in the in the mid 90s. They were drawing over three million fans a year.
3: It can be it can be still a terrific baseball town, but yeah. a lot of things have to go right. Um and most notably uh they can't have too many more seasons in a row like like they 've had, and i 'm just saying that they're they're almost assured in my opinion that they won 't draw a million people this year you yeah I, I, that, to the, me that 's a foregone conclusion right now
1: the only thing that I could see Proving that wrong, Stan, is the additions of guys like Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez. People, six thousand fans went out to Bowie to watch to watch Rodriguez pitch to Rutschman.
2: Uh, I, I was going to say after Rutschman's debut, I think the the seats will be probably sold out for two or three days. I wouldn't say
3: sold out. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, he's a pretty big deal. I don't deal. think it's going to have. I think this the, this in a town like Baltimore right now, uh, it's it's Rutschman is not going to have the bump that it would have been.
1: Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with you because you also have to remember that the Orioles weren't selling out from 2012 to 2016. It was like no. opening day and then in the playoffs, but they weren't selling out
2: regular season. Fair, games. It, but it is Adley Rutschman. That's my point. I'm yeah, trying to get across. I mean, it it yes. was, it was,
1: it was Matt Wieters, and they weren't sold out. then. yeah, long, you know. It's, so uh, anyway, I, I, I do think that the Orioles have a chance to draw better, but we're not going to know until the CBA gets gets. Uh, well I think through. the c
3: b a has i mean this this lockout and the inability I'm sure they've had to really sell meaningful numbers of tickets groups uh you know all kinds of different things I, I think it assures even if they start on time that the Orioles will fall short well short of a million fans yeah
1: I'll, I'll tell you i normally I'd be itching to try and get my opening day tickets by now and i'm I'm in no hurry I'm in no hurry right. because i gotta i gotta know that there's a game to go to
3: right. You
1: know. right. Stan, thanks so much for joining us, man. What do you have coming up this week?'ve
3: uh, got Dave Johnson coming up Saturday, uh Monday, excuse me, Monday night at seven thirty. Okay uh, Ross Grimsley and I will talk to the actuarial pitcher about uh, optimal baseball uh, his his son Steve Johnson's new baseball facility training facility, uh, and the two of them do some great things. Uh, Dave and his uh, son Steve Johnson, also an actuarial pitcher. And Thursday night, Gary Stein and I at 7 o'clock will interview the chairman of the Maryland Stadium Authority, Thomas wow. Kelso.
1: Oh, that, that'll be a good one to tune into uh, just to see what the future right. is. Uh, Stan, thanks so much. Hopefully next week we have some good news to talk about. We'll talk to you then.
3: Let's hope so. Okay.
1: All right, see, see you later, Stan. See you guys. All right, that was Stan the Fan Charles joining us for his weekly segment, and he has two great shows for you every week that he just alluded to. Every Monday night, Stan and former Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley visit with a different guest from the world of baseball, and every Wednesday night, Stan and Gary Stein chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports. Stan had a real busy week this week. He and Ross chat with former Orioles closer The Otter, Greg Olson, plus he had chats with A Commissioner Jackie McWilliams and Towson basketball coach Pat Scary, and a very special show celebrating the recent Monument dedication at Carroll Park Golf Course, commemorating the de- let me try that again, commemorating the desegregation of Baltimore city owned golf courses. Find those shows under the videos tab at Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports or at Pressboxonline.com slash video. Coming up Monday, Stan and Ross will be joined by former Orioles pitcher Dave Johnson, as he just alluded to, at 730. We're going to catch a break when we come back in. We are going to talk to Eric Garfield about some prospects that maybe you're not paying attention to and you should be. Uh, that's all coming up next
5: on the battle round. <laughs> Help.org.
6: The latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back with comfort
5: classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA, or their anniversary IPA, brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Burger. Urban Cider, Apple Ginger Mule and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food Good sports.
1: Hey guys, it's Paul Valley, and there's a new era of Glenn Clark Radio, as I've joined Glenn every weekday from 10 a.m. to noon. There will be some changes, but what won't change is the absolute best daily discussion of Baltimore sports.
5: New Baltimore Ravens wide receiver, Rashad Bateman. Thank you, I appreciate it. He is outfielder Cedric Mullins. Thank you guys for having me. Trey Mancini. Thanks for having me on, guys. He is Kevin Zeitler. Uh, thank you, very happy to be a part of this. Ravens kicker, Justin Tucker.
4: Thanks for having me. Adley Rutschman. Absolutely, thanks for having me on.
5: John Angelos. Thanks a lot. Good to be with you. Ryan Mountcastle. Thanks for having me on, guys. Marlon Humphrey.
4: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Quarterback for the
5: University of Maryland, Talia Tangavaloa. Thank you guys for having me. He is J.K. Dobbins. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. The great Ray Lewis. Always good to be on. He is Mr. Cal Ripken Jr. Good chatting
1: with you. You can watch us live at facebook.com slash Sports or listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.
5: The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today.
1: All right, we're back here on the batter on a lovely Saturday morning, though it's supposed to get colder again before it gets back up towards mm. the sixties uh by later next week. Yeah. Um, which man, I'm just just get me sixties and just stay there. Sixties in baseball. Just get me sixties and that's, give me and what, give, Oh, I didn't tell you, I got new golf clubs.
2: You did. Oh I, no, you did actually I did, last week. I, I yeah. got
1: I got new Callaway roads, man. We should get out and play. We soon. we gotta
2: get out and play. <laughs> soon as the as soon as the weather gets in like the this late sixties.
1: I don't even do that. I'll play in the in the low 50s. Well, I was camp.
2: playing all winter. So uh, you played all winter. I played all winter.
1: Yeah. I didn't play once this winter. The last time <laughs> I played golf was with you in October. Okay. Okay. I mean, but that's also because I
2: I don't have the time. I yeah, that's true. And and uh, my time has been ever since I got back to school has been very limited. So we'll we'll figure out a day. Yeah, we we,
1: we'll definitely figure out a day to get out there. We, we man, we we we've covered my marriage. We have covered Valentine's. Your, your golf day, skills. The, the weather. Your your Paul's your,
2: becoming a scratch golfer uh, this year. I believe it. No, man. Yeah. To be
1: able to... (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm anticipating. This year. I'm anticipating less time than ever oh, okay. to play golf. So what better time to get to spend a ton of money on new golf clubs than yeah. the year that you're probably gonna play the least amount of golf in your life? I,
2: I got to play my best round this year because you know well, I, <laughs> it's it's gonna happen. I guarantee y- it. And it, hopefully it's with you so I can like prove it to everyone. That right. I, he, Paul can come on the show and go, "Wow, Zach just shot his best round ever." <laughs> that's probably uh, that's that's gonna happen. It's gonna be the batter round showdown. And
1: I have no doubts that you. I mean, the the more you play, the better you're gonna get. So I have definitely, no definitely, that you, that I play you're, a lot. Practice you're, a lot. You're best round this year is going to be your best round ever hopefully and I hope it won't so. be better than your best round next year well that yeah <laughs> you know, that's, a, <laughs> that's usually the I way it works i love you, you more today like, than uh, yesterday do,
0: do, 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 you should but keep your
1: job on the radio but not as, as a, uh, tomorrow it's, it's the same concept right
2: sure sure but no practice right? makes perfect so keep practicing get better so that's what's going to happen i've been doing a lot of singing
1: on these shows oh yeah? that i'm on i, I i've i've I have to do my intro for Glenn every uh, every every
2: day. Were you there that one time I was on Glencork Radio where Glenn maybe sing the song by Sarah McLachlan, no. like I will remember you? Oh, it was bad. It was really <laughs> bad. Right? Yeah, something like that. that it, I, it's it's like the one in the ASPCA commercials where the dogs are.
1: That's not. I, that's not. Uh, it, it's Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. But. It, uh, that's not the song that they play. No, it I will remember. I thought you. it was. <laughs> no, <laughs> I no. So, uh, I maybe will that's why Glenn you. didn't like my rendition. Uh, I will remember you is the song that they played at my high school graduation. Oh, okay. Which was something. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> <I> really. <guess>. <laughs> <laughs> but I won the five hundred dollar grand prize at the, the post prom party, and um, what was the, that?
2: What was the prize for?
1: Uh, you just were in a drawing, and I won. Okay, okay, really? And yeah, it was cool. W- what did r- you it was, do with it? It was right before senior week, so I went down and, ah. and bought a bunch of soda down
2: <laughs> at uh, down at senior week. You bought the Callaway Rogues with that five hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, yeah, t- t- twenty I, years
1: later, I, I saved it. Literally twenty. We have okay. Oh yeah. We have my twenty year high school reunion coming up uh, this year. Forty dollars to be, to be in attendance for the twenty year high school reunion. Uh, whatever, I'll pay. Who cares? Um, no, but so they announced that. I won that, but then at my graduation, mm-hmm. they actually said, and the winner of the post-prom, post-prom party prize, Paul Valley, and my dad was so fired up to hear my name, <laughs> other than when I was walking across the stage, because my dad, he, he's a, a very renowned doctor, and he was valedictorian at John Carroll okay. in 1973, wow. so, my, so my dad got to hear his name a lot. Mm. Um, won all sorts of awards and scholarships because and, he's, a, he's a great man. Um, so just to hear my name, even if it was for something as stupid as winning 500 <laughs> bucks, that was a cool moment for
2: him. I would win 500 bucks any day of the year. I would take that. That's not stupid at all.
1: No, winning it, winning it was cool, but there was no reason for them to, to, to let everybody know two weeks after the fact of my high school Valley.
2: graduation. Wow, that's you know, it. That's an interesting one. But hey, you got you got you know a bunch of stuff to do with that five hundred bucks a senior week. So it paid off. It paid yeah. off. Yeah, <laughs> it paid off. <laughs>
1: anyway, anyway, we have a uh, we do have Eric Garfield from Fusion Agents. Pro- Fusion Agents Prospect fifteen hundred in the Florida Prospect Podcast. He's a busy guy. A, he is a busy guy. He's coming up here in, a, in just a few minutes. Uh, we're going to talk about some prospects. Um, Zach, what are some prospects that are maybe not on the radar of other people that you're really excited about for this year?
2: Um, I, I think there are a few. I, I think one of them is, is, and maybe he's on more people's radars now. It depends on how much attention you're paying, I guess, especially to Twitter. But John Pinto... Uh, it was acquired. Is it John or is it Gene? I believe it. Uh, well, it can go either way. I only I, hear Gene. I, I believe it's. Okay, we'll go with Gene then. But uh, Pinto is a guy who really, really performed well last year and a guy acquired in a trade a few years ago and he's still young. Um, a lot of potential there as, as a really good arm for the Orioles. So I think he's one of them. And then also Zach Peake, who was, I was gonna ask um, you about Zach. in another trade. Uh, that was the Bundy trade. So he's a guy, again, that is is you know, is a pretty high pick. I think he was fifth rounder and he he came over and, and he's a guy who performed again really well at Aberdeen. He had some really good starts down there. My biggest concern with him he's a little undersized, uh, but he is an electric fastball. The guy looks like he's gonna, you know, maybe fill out a little bit more, some projection left of that body. So Zach Peek and John Pinto, I think, are the two biggest guys to, to look out for, especially coming into this year. But there's also a lot of guys I'm sure Eric will mention them when he comes on in a few minutes, but like a, a, a guy like uh, Michael DeSan, I believe I'm saying that right, um, who's played in the FCL a little bit, and the DSL, and he's another guy who could really stand out in this coming year. Um, Eric definitely is the guy to ask about these prospects because he's there all the time. He sees these FCL guys, these DSL guys that come up uh, into the F- FSL, so It's certainly, or FCL, I should say, but it's certainly uh, a good crop of young talent that the Orioles have down there that a lot of people don't know about yet. Um, And even some of the international signings from this year, you know, a guy like Braylon Tavero, be interesting to see how he does. And some of the more unknown guys that aren't named Adley Rutchman, Grayson Rodriguez. But Pinto and Peak, I think, are the two biggest ones for me.
1: I'm interested to see how Drew Rahm. Perform? Oh yeah, he's another one because yeah. he's a guy, um, a lefty, and he's he's pitched well at every level he's been at, but he's not really talked about amongst the Orioles' yeah. uh, top prospects. And I'm glad you brought up Zach Peake because it, th- he doesn't throw particularly hard. No, no, but he he misses bats, and yeah. he, he he has ability. Uh, yeah. He he's got pitchability. ability. I mean, <clears throat> people use this comparison because it's the only one that we can really think of. But like Zach Granke, Greg Maddox they didn't throw they don't throw particularly no. hard and, and, no. and they they were quality i mean hall of fame caliber pitchers um not to say that this guy is going to be that
2: but that just because you don't throw 98 doesn't yeah. mean that you don't have a spot in the big league. And he's got a similar body to Cranky, where he's a little bit undersized and not the biggest guy in the world. So, hey, I mean that's that's not a terrible comp. I believe that Eric told me once that he comps him to Chris Tillman. I could be wrong. He, he might correct me in a minute when we get him on here, but I believe that was the comp he made. It could have been for someone else, but Zach Peek is a guy that's uh, definitely pretty interesting, and, and again, the guys you acquire through these trades, really anything you can get out of them is a win for you. So And the Dylan Bundy trade looks like so far for the Orioles, it's, it's going to work out pretty solid. You got Bradish, you got Brinovich, Zach Peek as well. So there's some solid guys. Uh,
1: and you have to hope that
2: Isaac M- Matson um Matson, yep. Because he
1: he pitched well in the Angels organization. He comes into the to the Orioles and he didn't pitch. He didn't pitch particularly well with the Orioles. Uh maybe he can have a bounce back. I'm interested to see how he does This year for sure. our number one uh, in the books here on the Bat Around. It has been brought to you by the CIAA Tournament. And after being virtual in 2021, the CIAA Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament is headed to Charm City this February 22nd through the 26th. The CIAA is an event that has become a celebration of family culture and accomplishments that uplift and strengthen the African American community. See the excitement in person as some of the best college basketball in the country comes to Baltimore's Royal Farms Arena with the CIAA Men's and Women's Conference Tournament. Get your tickets now at CIAA Tournament.com. That's CIAA Tournament. I'm sorry, not .com, org. CIAA Tournament.org. Now joining us here on the Bat Around. Man, he is everywhere. Fusion Agents, Prospects, 1500, the Florida Prospect Report, Utah Street Report. He is Eric Garfield. Eric, thanks for taking a few minutes for us this morning. How are you today? I'm great.
0: Good morning. Happy Saturday, guys.
1: Happy Saturday to you. How? What's it like down there in Florida, man? We actually got close to 60 degrees today um, as we currently stand. What's it like down in Florida for you? Uh,
0: I'm going to say right now it's like uh, mild but warm. So like uh, low 70s, it's about to be baseball weather, which is really kind of like it gets hot quick, but we're not, we're not there yet. We're just warm right now.
1: So I got a, I'm playing in a baseball tournament down in Fort Myers um, oh. March 3rd through the 6th. And my, I went down to spring training last year, Eric. Uh, I was down there around March 20th, and it was the two coldest days. Literally, I randomly ran into a bar manager who was from Edgewood in Harford County. That's and, awesome. And he told me first he questioned why I've never left Harford County, which I was like, ah, oh, it's, it's home. And then, um, <laughs> and then he told me that the two days that we were down there were the two coldest days of the entire season. can I anticipate some eighty degree weather for my baseball tournament in three weeks?
0: It's inconsistent, but uh, I'm going to think <laughs> it's going to be a lot warmer. I've actually lived here for for five years, and I got the coldest day in five years. Uh, like one, like three weeks ago is. 38 at night and 53 in the day and it definitely reminded me of being back in Maryland but I think it's supposed to be a very very warm early spring so uh good luck in your tournament you're not that far from me maybe I'll go watch you
1: yeah, man, it's a Roy Hobbs Sunshine Tournament. We play at like Roy Hobbs. Um, wow. Yeah, we play at um like Twin Lakes Park and we uh, not Twin Lakes. So we play at the Twins, the Minnesota Twins um Spring Training Complex. We play at Jet Blue Park where the where the Red Sox play. Um so it, it's pretty cool. I'm excited to do it. This will be my third trip down. Usually I go in October for the Roy Hobbs World Series, but this is I,
0: I could show you at the Fort Myers Wall a couple of dents where Kobe Mayo's uh, doubles <laughs> that would have been home runs elsewhere. Landed, so we'll see we'll see if you can get it closer.
1: Uh I, I got a little pop, man. I don't know that I can hit it as far as Kobe Mayo though, man. We'll see. Um but anyway, speaking of Kobe Mayo, man, how is he looking down there? The the dude we we've heard reports that this time next year he could be the top offensive prospect in all of baseball. Is he
0: is the hype real around this guy? There's no reason to not be excited. I think he's really good at offense and defense. And, you know, that's that's good for his prospect status, but really we want, like, a winning player. We want the elements of being able to help a team and help a lineup and be in a run-producing spot and, and, and do things. And those are the things that are really, really exciting and stimulating to me. He makes adjustments when the pitch is in the air. Uh, I've seen him... Beat uh, average rookie league pitchers and ones that have already moved on and started their development upwards in systems like Tampa Bay and Minnesota. So, just to, to, to assume he hasn't been uh, beating good pitchers at this stage of his development because he's in the rookie league is kind of, you know, it, it, it's kind of inaccurate. So, offensively, he looks like a relatively high average hitter with a lot of power and good on base skills. But then that that not even considering uh, defense. Defense, he's kind of big, but really extremely athletic and limber, very light on his feet, good hands, great arm. So the elements of being like a natural third baseman are almost as present as like the elements of being a good three, four, or five hitter. So yeah, yeah, we should be very excited.
1: Now he made it up to Delmarva uh, this past year. Does he? Is there? Is that where he's going to start? In 2022, or do you anticipate him starting at uh, Aberdeen and maybe being fast tracked like Gunnar Henderson and Jordan and uh, Jordan Westbrook were this past season?
0: Well, if this was like 2017 or the previous uh, Orioles regimes and the way that they did their development and, and and track players, I would say possibly Delmarva. But now I doubt that extremely because there he deserves to be at a level higher, and there's actual legitimate pressure from good players below him pushing talent upwards. And that, you know, when people talk about a pipeline, it's not really a pipeline unless there's that. Mm-hmm. So now there is. There's guys like Isaac DeLeon and other uh, middle infielders that they need to get at bats. So having them at Del Marva and just sitting is not good for their development at 19 or 20. So. If you look at all the factors, I think it's very reasonable to think that Kobe goes to uh, starts at high A, Aberdeen. And I would think he does very well there, too.
1: Yeah, and uh, Aberdeen's right down the street from where I live, so I think I'll have to catch a few games of Kobe Mayo's I'll catch a few games anyway, but if Kobe Mayo's going to be there, for sure. Now, uh, Hess and Kerstad's down there. Uh, so is Prieto, who was just signed uh, during the international signing period. Uh, Kerstad first. How does the swing look? Does he look like he's back to being that guy that was number two pick in the draft? You can only know so much from batting practice and from practice in general. But how's he looking to you down there?
0: Well, I guess if I his swing really looks very majestic, even more so than the the videos that I saw when when he got drafted out of uh, Arkansas. So I am far away, but. Uh, the iPhone gets me very close and then I can do it in uh slow-mo also. So I guess like the, what we should think about his swing and there's a lot of people that are like particularly crazy and specific about it on Twitter, which is really actually very funny. You know, it's, it's the smooth controlled violence that we're really, really looking for. And, uh, a lot A lot more wrist action than I thought, but he he 's a tall guy, so when he uses the wrist, sometimes he can use it to extend and get things that are far away from him mm-hmm. and drive them opposite or even pull side so you know again i 'm going to come back to it. his swing looks very, very majestic, and uh Prieto is kind of like a little bit different approach, but he gets to every he's not he's not big at all in fact he's kind of shorter than I, I, I thought but he gets to everything he makes contact and uh what's the friend like he can handle everything that's in his kitchen and drive it where he wants to so two really distinctly different swings but very 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 positive for you know i, I don't think either of them are going to be in the orioles low minors for a very long time first that's just too good
2: Eric, the Orioles made a comp for Prieto uh, of, of Nick Madrigal, who's obviously one of the better contact hitters across the league. He barely strikes out at all. He always makes contact when he swings. That comp, really though, doesn't seem too accurate to me. I look at Prieto as a guy who probably his his ceiling is a is an average starter at the major league level. Who would you put a comp on for Prieto? Is there any guy that you specifically know of, maybe that's that you've seen in the minors or you've seen in the majors that you could you could say looks a lot like Prieto?
0: Hmm. I don't watch that much major league baseball. I'm a real fan. So so there's a couple uh minor league guys that I would say would, but I also don't think like the average fan is gonna even know who, like yeah. someone on single A in the Pirates is. But sure. uh I, 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 I without like getting it to a specific player, I think that skill set is is you know, your expectations are really very uh, rational and very reasonable. I don't think this is a guy that's going to hit uh, 330 if you give him uh, 500 at-bats, but I think he's going to be able to control control the strike zone enough to the point where his good at-bats outweigh his bad ones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is he going to bat second every day? Probably not, but he's not going to be a bad at-bat. And you know, that's just looking at his extremely early BPs. Let's see him get off to a good start in the minors and maybe he can like change his profile a little bit.
1: That, that, um, that fast start that we're hoping to see in the minor leagues, you said you don't expect them to be in the low levels of the minors for very long. Does that mean that you expect them to kind of get their feet wet at Delmarva and move up quickly, or are we talking Aberdeen here?
0: Oof. <sighs> you know, I think, Paul, I think it's like the same thing. Uh, for, for Prieto specifically, you know, he's played pro and he got, you know, he didn't get seven figures for his bonus, but he might have it with a little bit different circumstances. So he's kind of like, despite his, his his age, his experience is kind of, you know, he, he's already above. I, I, I would think Prieto, if, you're, if he's going to get his feet wet, is going to be at Aberdeen for a little bit and buoy quickly. Yeah, that would not that would not surprise me at all.
1: Well yeah, and he was supposed to get over two million from the Astros, but then um, the whole issue with getting with defecting from Cuba came into account and that's why he ended up taking the seven fifty dollars from the Orioles. So Yeah,
0: I'll take I'd- that good value.
1: Yeah, a yeah, oh, great value. I I do anticipate him spending the majority of his year uh, at Bowie before uh, maybe even advancing as far as AAA. I think he's an av- I, I do think that he's an advanced hitter as far as contact. I don't know how much power or gap to gap power he possesses, but I think he's a guy that helps that gets on base and that helps a ball club uh, for sure. i
0: tell you a, a way that just just to, to follow up for what you said, you're right. And a, a way that the Orioles evaluate guys like that, we kind of don't that they put a big emphasis on that kind of matters a little less to us is exit velocities. And again, I'm several hundred feet away, but for somebody his size and like his stature in the box, the ball absolutely flies off his bat when he hits it cleanly. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm trying to provide video so people, you know, they don't have to listen to me, they can listen to and watch watch his bat. So that might be another reason why, why he can rise a little quicker.
1: Yeah, I would at 22 years old. I would imagine that he would rise quicker than some of the some of the other international signings. Uh, that's for sure. Now, uh, Patrick Dorian, you've uh, been watching him pretty closely down there. He uh, he plays third base. Put up solid uh, power numbers last year. He had a 247. I'm sorry, 242, uh, 354, 461 slash line. That's an 815 OPS, 22 homers. Defense left a little bit to be desired. He had a 939 fielding percentage at third base last year. Uh, the Orioles. Right now they have Calvin Gutierrez for third base. Dorian's in the upper levels of the minor leagues. Do you anticipate him being a factor on the big league roster at some point this year?
0: <clears throat> that that is a uh, a tough question and I would think like based on his developmental resume and his age the time should pro- and, and and how he was acquired the time should probably be if not now very soon. Right. Um if I had to say yes or no, could he help? Man, I'm very – I guess I would say yes because he's another body and he's been in the Orioles system and he's been coached and trained by their instructors. So I think his readiness level is as close to its its peak as it's going to be. Interestingly enough, he, Adam Hall, and uh, – infielder, outfielder Adam Hall, and outfielder uh, Robert Neustrom were at the first camp I saw a couple weeks ago, and I did notice that a major decision-maker was right behind the cage for a lot of their drills, and that was Mike Elias. Oh, wow. So maybe it's time for some of these non-Rule 5 protected players to get that upper-level evaluation uh, that they've probably been waiting for for two or three seasons, like in person. So you're thinking about it, but the Orioles are kind of like,
1: acting on it. Yeah, no, we're definitely thinking about it. You mentioned the Rule 5, Robert Newstrom. uh, He wasn't added to the 40-man roster. A lot of of us thought that he might have been because he put up big power numbers last year. Uh, Yeah, surprise, surprised. He looked like he could be on the cusp of making his Major League debut. Um, This is a guy who, I mean, people talk about Kyle Stowers and they talk about Colton Kalzer. Nobody's talking about Robert Newstrom, and they probably should be What do you think the level of concern should be that he's taken in the Rule Five draft? When and if this thing gets back up and running?
0: Oh, oh, that is a very good question. Uh, My level of concern for that is relatively high. I think that uh, his best baseball is right in front of him right now, and uh, other organizations definitely know who he is and they definitely know his metrics and they definitely saw his 476 foot home run in Hartford. You know, it was on sports center. So, you know, everything I said, I guess, uh, about Dorian, I I think I would say it to a little bit higher level. Newstrom really is a very impressive player. I've been watching uh, going to camps for for years. I remember when he was drafted, and uh, I was at uh, camp in 2019, and the whole outfield group was doing uh, throwing drills. And the only ball that, like, went in front of my face from the outfield that really had some steam and sizzle on it was Neustrom's, and he's gotten better at his defense since then. You know He's in great shape. Like I said, his batted ball data is pretty strong. He's at that age, so my level of concern for him getting picked is, I guess I would put it on a high level, like up near Nick Vespi. I think both of those guys are, are known by other organizations and could be winning. could actually be winning pieces, so... It would upset me a great deal if neither of them are on the Orioles and they're both on other rosters.
1: Yeah, I, I would be. I, I was. He was a guy. I was the most surprised to not see added to the roster. Zach over here loves Robert Newstrom, and, and you you can't find. I mean, that power is absolutely absurd. I, I I was anticipating maybe even seeing a cup of coffee from him in this past September, and now he might not even be with the with the the franchise moving forward. I certainly hope that he is. Now you mentioned there's a. A nice little corner uh, battle going da- going on down there between two undrafted free agents in Mundy and Bowens between uh, with uh, them challenging Andrew Dashback. Mundy, uh, to me, he was one of the Orioles' top minor league bats before his injury. Dashback's glove has been much better than, ha- than it was since college, and he's got some pop in his bat too. Um, where do you put them in this battle? Uh, do you see them being continuing their quick rise through the system?
0: I'm going to say that out of those three, plus the uh, the, uh, the corner, the lefty first baseman, Jacob Teeter, that was the group that I saw working uh, at camps. I'm going to say that Bowens comes out on top, but it's, it's a really neat and kind of even competition that, I, I don't know, maybe even like informed Orioles fans might not think of. Uh, so it's a... a a more talented group, but I, I really think the more that I watch Bowens, the more that I'm like, how, how did this guy not get get drafted? I mean, I know the draft was abbreviated, but his, his foundation for power is kind of like Kobe-ish. I mean, he, he makes great adjustments and just drives the ball so hard and so far away from him. So Mundy has shown a, a, a lot. More athleticism than I'd thought, and I have you know great video of drills for for teeter going backhand and showing some 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 good uh dexterity and, and 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 quick hands, so it really has been you know when i'm watching these guys, it's sometimes hard to figure out who it is, but the more i more watch i'm like oh that's dashback oh that's actually teeter going down so it has been very interesting to watch, but I just think bowen's bat is is a lot. And, you know, Orioles fans are going to realize that he's, I, I think he's going to have a really good power season this year.
2: Eric, we can't, we can't talk about Orioles prospects without mentioning Adley Rutschman at some point. Um, okay. He's a guy that I, I don't know if you've seen him yet this year. I, I don't, have you seen him yet at all? He, his
0: name was on the camp list.
2: Okay. But I don't
0: think that I, I actually saw him.
2: Okay, gotcha. So I, I just kind of want to ask you, when, number one, when do you expect Rutschman to break into the major leagues? And then number two, do you agree with my theory that when he does break into the major leagues, he might sell out the stadium for a few days?
0: Okay, wow, that's also a very, great question. Uh, I'll do the second one first. I went to, you know, I've been, I've been like this with the Orioles and their minors and their prospects for, for forever, my whole life. So I lived in Baltimore when Manny Machado was coming through the minors and I, I remember when it was announced that he was going to play, I whatever I was doing, I canceled it, and I went to the game where he was on the Orioles' roster. He didn't start, but he got a pinch hit. That was Thursday. I went the next game. He got his first home run. That was Friday. The attendance on his first day was 17,000. That Friday was 21,000. But Saturday, every fan knew that he was going to play, and he was going to start. So it was 40,000 uh Uh, 40,000 seats were filled for his, like, first weekend debut. So I'm with you. Every single Orioles fan that's been waiting should go, and it should be a sellout for Adley's first game. But it probably will not be a sellout. It'll just be something like that, uh, unfortunately. And, and, And for when, I think, you know, he should be their catcher right now. He should be the catcher on opening day, the rules and the way that baseball's written and governed and the way the guys get paid doesn't really allow for that to happen but you know whatever depth chart they put together he's on top of it so i'm 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 not for those service time specifics he's the probably the best offensive catcher we have probably the best defensive catcher they have so it's really not that much of a of a question for me
1: hey, i got a little bit of a trivia question for you eric since you brought up that you went to Manny Machado's first game um. What do he and Matt Weiders have in common?
0: Ooh, <laughs> they really let me down. <laughs> their performances in Orange and Black really didn't end up how I uh, thought. Ah, uh, uh, Oh, I know, I know, I know. Their first hit was a three base hit. They're, they both had triples for their yeah. first hit.
2: Ah, uh, you nailed it, man. You got right. it. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't. Sure it. I knew that one. I knew that triple. one. You should have made that my trivia question for nah. next week, Paul. That would have been. I've no, I'm, go. Go i I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. He still man. can. <laughs> <That> is, <laughs> I'll, I'll forget Zach within a might week.
1: Forget, he might forget. Um, you, you uh, mentioned in the notes that you sent to me, Joey Ortiz. You say he's back and fresh. There's lots of video oh, yeah. e- evidence, uh, and he was talked about pretty highly uh, coming up in the system in the last couple of years. How does he compare to Gunnar Henderson, Jordan Westbrook, and even Anthony Servideo?
0: Oh, uh, very, very favorably. You know, I remember I watched him at, from the very beginning. Also and he looked great he looked you know better than the the aluminum bat college uh home run slugger type that people labeled him as he looked like a a, a very good player uh he was on a good good track and he got hurt and now that i've seen him doing like his post rehab like ramp up the intensity work with instructors and one on one defensive stuff i mean he he, he looked m- much better than he did before and uh When you're saying, like, how does he compare with some of the bigger names? You know, Joey's got a job. You know, Joey wants to reach the bigs, too, and there's a lot of names ahead of him. It's his priority to put real pressure on those names, and that will happen this season. He is not a solid player. He's a level above that. He's a very good player that the organization is taking his development very, very, very seriously. Again, I have... Lots of video to to, to that effect to illustrate it, so you don't have to believe me. You can just watch it happen. It really really is awesome, because from everything I've heard, he's a very, very, very nice guy and an outstanding teammate. Eric, I know from our discussions
2: and from what you've posted on Twitter in the past that you were a big fan, and I hope I say his name correctly. I don't want to butcher it here, but Michael Desan, I believe I said that right. Uh, He's a guy that I know you're a huge fan of. So just kind of explain to everyone why you're such a big fan of this guy and why you think he's going to be such a big deal for the
0: Orioles. Uh I'm going to say five tool outfielder. Little speed. You know, maybe more than a little speed, more than a little power, great outfield anticipation, a a very very good first step on fly balls. I've seen him make I, I've seen him make plays on the center field wall and I've seen him hit home runs over that same center field wall that hit, actually hit my bicycle, but <laughs> he's he, he's really very I guess the thing that's most exciting about him is he's doing all this in a frame, a physical frame, that is not even close to filled out. So his lifting, his exercising, his core stuff, his stability is helping his body, but it's really helping a game that's already very, very good. I, I will look back at that trade. And and him specifically, and you did say his name right. Him specifically as that like extra lottery ticket, as just one of the the smartest trades of the early uh, Elias administration.
1: Uh, Just a couple more questions here for you today, Eric. Uh, Creed Willems, you said you've been seeing him move and swing down there. He was the only high school bat taken by the Orioles in the 2021 draft. Now, we know that there's a catcher in this organization that's probably going to be here for quite a while. Does he stick a catcher in the minor leagues, or does he move to a different position? Just how good is that bat, considering that the Orioles gave him a million bucks?
0: Okay, bat looks really good. Contact looks good, but... When he makes that clean contact, it just goes so much farther and so much louder and longer than than it looks like it should. So I can certainly understand a scout seeing that and being stimulated enough to, to get a seven-figure amount out. I, 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 I saw him catch, and I saw him throw out a fast runner, and I did not realize who it was catching. I found out at the end of that inning Oh, my gosh, this, that was Creed, and that was, I think, his, his second-day pro. Other than that, I really have not seen that much action behind the plate. He looks like more of a corner or a DH type, but again, my brain is always going to go back to, hey, you saw him throw somebody out. You were surprised at how well he did it. So there is some catching there, I guess, to, to really give you a, a complete answer, that on that, it would be incomplete. We'll, ha- we'll have to see it together. But, you know, if, if, if fans stood outside the cage when he was doing BP, they would understand in a few swings, like, oh, that, that's why he got so much money.
2: I know you've said before that, that Willems has surprising pop times. Uh, does the pop time, I believe they're right around two, which is, you know, pretty solid for a guy, especially his size. Does it kind of surprise you how quickly he can get up and throw it down a second?
0: Absolutely. Uh, but... You know, that's, that's what an athlete does. They, they do things that it looks like they shouldn't be able to do. I also know a lot of the people in the training staff and a lot of the exercises that are going to try to improve that, and I would expect uh, a dynamic set of changes to influence that and maybe even improve it. So if he has the chance to stick a catcher, he's in one of the, the better organizations to, to, to find that out and to get that answer sooner than later. It, 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 it would not surprise me. It's just when I'm watching someone in the cage, I'm like, man, that dude looks like Matt Stairs. And when I think about Matt Stairs, he's just not a guy, an athlete that's going to squat all game long.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Matt. Matt and Matt Stairs had a really long career. Matt Stairs kind of just one of those guys who was a power hitter, but that was a ba- that was basically it. And I, I kind of, I definitely see the comparison now that you mentioned it because I kind of had a similar vibe. Just Matt Stairs didn't come to mind when I first saw Creed Willems. Uh, fi- that's what I'm here for. <laughs> final uh, final question that we have here for you of all the 2021 draftees that you've seen down there. A name that you haven't mentioned yet that has really stood out to you. Okay,
0: happy to do that. That's Dante Williams. Everything he does is influenced by a great like athletic foundation. Uh, he has a kind of like a big beginning to his swing and like a like an even bigger opening. Like if you think about like the the, the Ken Griffey like logo for Nike, it kind of looks a little bit like that when he opens up afterwards, but. Uh, Again, a, a guy who does the right thing when the when the fly ball is in the air, he gets to its landing path really well, and had a, a, a very good, I'd say even above average, uh, arm and defensive skills. Can get to the wall, can throw far from the warning track. So uh, I, I saw a little bit of him at the FCL and was very, very, very impressed. And when he came back, he just looks like he has not missed a, a beat at all. So. You know, there's a lot of names in that, in that talented outfield depth chart at all levels of the minors. So, you know, like good, good, real good outfield skills uh, from, from athleticism fueling the rebuild. Dante Williams is, is, is another example.
1: Yeah, another exciting bat taken by the Orioles there uh, in the draft, something that we're really looking forward to. Eric, you might not be suffering as much as we are up here in Baltimore, A, because of all that beautiful weather down in Florida, but B, because your season isn't possibly going to be delayed. There's going to be minor league baseball this year, so you're going to be in hog heaven down there. We always love having you on the program, man. Thanks so much for taking some time for us today.
0: Happy to do it. And uh, for fans, just follow the videos too. There will be a lot of palm tree baseball type stuff.
1: Awesome, man. We're looking forward to it. We'll talk to you again soon, all right? Thanks for having me, guys. Later. All right. See you. That was Eric Garfield joining us on the Bat Around today. His appearance on the Bat Around today is brought to you by Toyota. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in we are going to get a sounding off segment from Zach Goodman, and then we're going to get into some Orioles banter, but it's more just baseball banter, talking about where the remaining top free agents may sign when things get figured out. All
5: that and more on the better round Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA, or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Burger. Urban Cider, Apple Ginger Mule and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports. That first sip.
4: That first bite. Mm.
5: After being virtual in 2021, the CIAA Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament is headed to Charm City this February 22nd through 26th. The CIAA is an event that has become a celebration of family, culture, and accomplishments that uplift and strengthen the African-American community. See the excitement in person as some of the best college basketball in the country comes to Baltimore's Royal Farms Arena with the CIAA Men's and Women's Conference Tournament. Get your tickets now at CIAA.com double atornament.org. That's CIA tournament.org. Sports Betting
1: has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Wednesday morning at 1130. Fandle Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and v Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even to offer a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Wednesday at 1130 a.m. Brought to you by the Fandle Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio and watch at YouTube.com slash radio slash press box
6: online. The latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including... Including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. All right, we are
1: back here live on the Bat Around. Zach back in his co-captain's chair <laughs> over there after missing last week to, you know, go walk a dog or something. Uh-oh. Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> but, Zach, we are happy to have you back. Zach's about to sound off. Sounding off with Zach Goodman is brought to you by uh, Press Box's Glenn Clark Radio. It is the definitive place to find the best daily discussion of Baltimore sports. Watch the show every weekday from 10 to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or... Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, or you can listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio with podcasts available on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You never know who might pop up on GCR. This week, the guys caught up with Orioles slugger Trey Mancini and top NFL draft prospects like Maryland tight end Chick Conquo and Missouri running back Tyler Beatty, a Friends School alum. Find those interviews and more in the Glenn Clark Radio Week in Review feature right now at PressboxOnline com. When we talked to Tyler Beatty, one of the things—just a sidebar here—one of the favorite things about him that he said, one of my favorite things about him that he said. Um, Glenn asked him what he thought, of, what he's been thinking about doing once his football career is over. Now that's a good long while from sure. now because he's a draft prospect this year, so yeah. he hasn't, hasn't even begun. And he said he wants to be a firefighter. Uh, and Glenn was like, "I didn't see that coming. Where did that come from?" And he said that he, it was something he always loved growing up, but even more than that. He's always played football, and he's always been in that team environment. And through all the bad times in his life, the down times in his life, that team environment always yeah. brought him back. Yeah. And he said that that's the type of environment that you get being a firefighter, and that's why he wants to be a firefighter when he's done playing football, whenever that may be. Hopefully it's 10, 15 years from now. But I just thought that was a cool response from him.
2: Definitely. I actually saw, I believe, the tweet about that, that you put out um, for from Glenn Clark Radio. So that's pretty interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. I like that.
1: All right, Zach. Go ahead and sound off here.
2: Yeah, so uh, kind of an interesting one this week. There's not a lot to talk about with baseball right now, of course. I mean, I could sound off on Rob Manford, all of that. But look, right now, we don't have a lot going on. So this one's kind of an interesting one. Uh, ESPN put out their top 100 players of all time uh, on February 3rd. So this is a relatively recent list. Um, and they had some really interesting, I guess, placement of, of some of the players. So I want to start okay. off kind of at the top uh, with... Maybe the one that I think is the most ridiculous one. They have Bryce Harper at number 94. Bryce Harper. And he's over, so he's over a couple guys that are, you know from 95 to 100 that I think is a little bit ridiculous. One of them is Duke Snyder. And I just can't be convinced right now that Duke Snyder, who is at number 95 on their list, is a worse baseball player at this point in Bryce Harper's career. He has almost... i mean, The, the war is not even crazy. It, it, there is a crazy difference, if I can pronounce that correctly. Um, there's like a 30-war difference in between Bryce Harper and Duke Snyder right now. They're just not even really close. I mean, I, at, at this point in their careers? At this point in his career, right. So they're saying Bryce Harper is already the 94th greatest baseball player player of all time. Can't see that one. Don't get it. Uh, we move down the list a little bit. Nolan Ryan, who I think is, again, I said this at the beginning of the show, and that's why Paul and I were talking about this, that Nolan Ryan, in my opinion, is the second best pitcher in all of baseball uh, for, and of all time. And I think that you can make an argument that he's top 10, top 5, whatever you want to make the argument for. But Nolan Ryan is one of the greatest pitchers in the history of baseball, no matter how you stack it up. And they come in at number 42 for Nolan Ryan. And I just think that's far, far too low. I think he should be easily top 20 on this list. I can't see how Nolan Ryan is so low. Uh, You look at Derek Jeter coming in at number 28. I think that one's what? so much of a stretch. What? An unbelievable stretch. That's what I'm saying. This, this list is playing wild. Playing in New York <laughs>
1: does yeah.
2: more for your career than actually playing baseball. He, he's above George Brett, Tony Gwynn. I mean, there's countless names here that, I mean, just blow Derek Jeter out of the water, look, frankly. Look, Derek Jeter is a, if he plays anywhere
1: else, he's still a Hall of Fame player. Mm-hmm. But I will I will scream till I'm hoarse in the throat <laughs> from a mountaintop. That Derek Jeter, anywhere else, is Paul Molitor. Yeah. He's Paul Molitor. He is a very good player, a very good hitter, not a ton of power, and he's just, outside of New York, if he played in Kansas City, he's like a fan favorite and he's a Hall of Fame player, but you don't talk about him. Nobody talks about Paul Molitor. No. Nobody talks no. about it. <laughs> Nobody would be talking about Derek Jeter if he didn't play for the Yankees. But because he played for the Yankees, they put him in, v- in montages with yeah, Luke that- Gehrig and Ted Williams and Babe Ruth. Get the F out of here.
2: There are some massive, massively confusing placement on this list. And obviously, it's, it's all subjective and people are entitled to their own opinion. I just think it's a bit odd. There's some other placements that I thought were kind of weird. Mike Trout comes in at number 15 on the greatest baseball players of all time. And I think. Mike Trout's going to go down as a first ballot Hall of Famer, um, and he may end up, we may be saying it in 10 years, that Mike Trout was the greatest baseball player of all time. There's a good chance that that happens. But right now, this will be his, I believe, his 10th year in the league. I believe he debuted, I think he debuted in 2011, and then had his rookie year in 2012. So this will be really, I guess, his 10th year in the in Major League Baseball coming up. And I just don't see how someone who, again, is only in their low 30s and hasn't finished his career, can already be called better than so many of the guys on this list. There's just so many guys that I would put above Mike Trout for right now. And in 10 years, Mike Trout may be top 2, top 3 of all time. But right now, 15 seems a little bit high to me. I just don't see putting Mike Trout that high at this point. Um, Some other ones, and I could go through this list for for hours here because there's so many that I disagree with and would move. But Looking at the top ten a little bit, uh, Babe Ruth is number one, and I would argue that a little bit because Babe Ruth. We and we talked about this at the beginning of the show that Babe Ruth is not. He's, he wasn't facing the same competition that he would have now, and baseball's changed so much in a hundred years. And there's so many things that are different from when Babe Ruth debuted uh, in the early 1910s, but. To me, that's Are there any Negro League players on this list? Yes, actually. Is Josh Gibson on the list? Josh Gibson is on the list. And I don't know where he was. He was pretty high up. Let me find him real quick. Satchel Page number 41. Uh, So that's a good one right there. It's so funny because when I was talking with Zach, when he he was
1: talking about Nolan Ryan, I said Mm -hmm. Satchel Page was a better pitcher than Nolan Ryan, and he's ranked one spot ahead of him. One spot ahead
2: of him, yeah. Uh, Josh Gibson, number 35. Okay. So, yeah, he is on there. Uh, But then you get uh, a guy like, Pete Rose coming in at 34, personally I'd place him much higher than that, all-time hits leader, great player. Anyway, there's a lot of questionable stuff on this list, but anyway, Babe Ruth number one, I would put Willie Mays number one, hands down. Ba- uh, Barry Bonds doesn't come in until number eight, which I think is far too low for Barry Bonds, he's an easy top three player of all time. Um, Lou Gehrig I think is a little high at number six, can't really see that one, I can't really see You're that all one. You're based on that one, You, th- man. you think Lou Gehrig is, is worth number six? And Lou Gehrig. Top 15 for sure. Uh, Number six, l- you l- you know, put that, Lou that Gehrig that over bat. Barry Bonds? Oh no, uh, no, yeah, that's no, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, no. You, okay. I, I mean, we you, agree on that.
1: No, I mean, you didn't, you didn't say. I mean, I know that Barry Bonds is eighth. I'm not, I yeah. wasn't thinking about Barry Bonds right there, but you didn't say. Whereas he compared to Barry Bonds, you just said he, enough, he yeah. shouldn't be number I, six. I would
2: put Lou Gehrig probably like number ten for me, but I, I'm not going to make a top 100 list of all time because mine would probably be insane as well because most of these are. But um, another one you're going to disagree with here, Paul, is Ken Griffey Jr. coming in at number 12. Um, who's ahead of him? All right, let me let me pull up the top 15. See, here. So if you can tell me
1: these these names, I can say okay. Griffey's a top five player, but you got to. So, I mean, there's been so many players. You got to tell me. who's in You front want me of to
2: run through the top 20? Yes. Okay. So let's talk top twenty. So Rogers Hornsby coming in at number twenty. Okay. Um, that's sensible. Uh, Frank Robinson coming in at number nineteen. Okay. Sensible as well. Uh, Mike Schmidt coming in at number eighteen. Maybe a little high for Mike Schmidt, uh, but that's that's uh, uh, honestly five hundred home runs. Yeah. Like eight or
1: eight to ten gold gloves. Hundred six B War. I mean, the guy was a great. player. He was a day. great player. He's yeah. he, he's in the conversation top two three third baseman of all time.
2: Roger Clemens number seventeen. Okay. Uh, seven Cy Youngs Joe DiMaggio number 16 fair I guess
1: yeah Maybe, Joe, he may be a little lower for me Six game hitting streak that's that's never going to be broken man you're I, right
2: uh, we talked about Trout at 15 uh, Greg Maddox 14 again
1: I think fair. Yeah, fair yeah yeah he was so good he was oh, so uh, good
2: I I miss I misspoke about Griffey's 13 so Griffey Griffey coming in at number 13 uh, Honus Wagner coming in one spot ahead at number 12
1: see I never saw uh, clearly I never saw Honus Wagner play yeah. I, I
2: Okay. Hundred thirty B war and Griffey only had eighty three. So I guess if that counts for anything, but again, Hodas Wagner played until nineteen seventeen. So how 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 but when did he start? Eight uh 19, 80, 1897, I almost said nineteen eighty seven. So eighteen ninety seven. So he played,
1: so played twenty one seasons. Griffey played yeah. Griffey played twenty. Twenty, twenty one, right? He, he, his last year was twenty. It was two thousand nine. He played twenty one seasons. I think it was
2: two thousand ten was his last season. So oh, so yeah. he played twenty
1: two seasons. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Eighty nine to two thousand ten. Yeah.
1: He.
2: So yeah. That, he, yeah, yeah. He, play, be he played twenty two. Se- seasons. Technically twenty two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Honus Wagner. Then Pedro Martinez at number eleven. Uh, and then we have Stam Usual at number ten. Again, uh,
1: Pedro Martinez was number eleven. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, Walter Johnson number nine. Again, I think sensible. Uh, but he is way above Cy Young, by the way. Cy Young, yeah. I think, is in the 20s oh, yeah. or 30s somewhere. He has
1: the most shutouts of all. That's uh, fair. He, Walter Johnson was throwing 100 miles an hour back yeah. then. You know, like
2: but We talked about Barry Bonds at number 8. Mickey Mantle coming in at number 7. Ooh, I love Mickey Mantle. Yeah, I do too. Sen- very, again, very sensible. Lou Gehrig coming in at number 6. We talked about that one. Ted Williams coming in at number 5. Definitely agree there. I love Ted Williams. Yeah. One of my favorites. Uh, Ty Cobb coming in at number 4, which is interesting again because played till 1928, so there's conversation to be had there, and he's a guy that is who's not very uh, well liked. Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb, okay. Not very well liked. <laughs> some some controversy around Ty Cobb, Over 4, of course. 4,000 hits, though. Yeah. Th- 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 yeah. This, this isn't about... 151 B-War. Yeah. He's uh, a great player, no doubt. I, I don't think
1: that, that this is... And uh, uh, who's the rest of the list?
2: Uh, So we have Hank Aaron, number three, Willie Mays, number two, and then Babe Ruth, number one. Hank Aaron, number three. Willie Mays, number two. Babe Ruth, number one. Um, I'm not sure I'd put Hank Aaron, number three. Uh, probably, dude. I, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I dude, think
1: that's but there, there over 3,000 go- hits, over 750 home runs.
2: But there are yeah. guys that were so much more well-rounded. You know what I'm saying? Like even a guy like Griffey is a lot more. Well- he could do everything. Where Hank Aaron was a fine fielder, but he wasn't the. He couldn't steal bags like Griffey, or he, he couldn't play defense well, Gr- like Griffey.
1: Only had like one or two twenty stolen base seasons. It's not Fair. like it's not okay. like Griffey was stealing, but I'm 40 just saying he he wasn't as year. a
2: complete player as some of the other guys. Like I would probably put Ty Cobb ahead of Hank Aaron.
1: I uh. I got I I think you are undervaluing a few people here. I think oh, it,
2: it, because it's all subjective, right? I mean it's yeah, it's, it's all one,
1: and that's what I was gonna say to you. It, it, it's one hundred percent subjective. Not I won't make a list that you're gonna agree with. Sure. Right?
2: Yeah. Um, but you gotta look at
1: Hank Aaron and Hank Aaron had more stolen bases than Griffey. Did he actually? Yeah,
2: he had a he had a, wow, okay. a twenty eight <laughs> stolen
1: base season, he had a thirty one stolen base
2: season. Wow, really? Okay. Yeah, he hit I'm over forty
1: home runs, one, two. Yeah, no three, doubt he was four, a great home run hitter. Five. No doubt. Six, seven, eight times, and a lifetime batting average of three. He was a better player than Griffin. Okay.
4: Yeah,
2: a, I mean, no, I, I, I think that's sensible. I'm just saying that... And the all-time RBIs leader. Yeah, that's true. RBI leader. Yeah, I mean Hank Aaron's definitely top five for me. I just don't know if he's like I, I don't know. Maybe I have to make my own top one hundred here to to maybe understand it you better. You should do that and break down all. You think I should do that?
1: Yeah, not 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 for this top one hundred. would take three hours. I was but.
2: gonna say it's gonna take me a little bit of time. Uh, but he also had a little bit of a lower B WAR than a guy like Ty Cobb, so maybe you put Ty Cobb over him. Anyway, it's all subjective, but Willie Mays should be number one. I think we can we agree on that at least. Sure. Okay, Willie Mays, number Uh, one. uh, The other
1: thing you're, I really feel like you're undervaluing, is Lou Gehrig at number six. He's a career 340 hitter.
2: Yeah, fair. Okay. With 400,
1: with a 440, his 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 career OPS mm -hmm. is 1080. mm -hmm. Okay, it's pretty good. (laughs) Career career slugging percentage is 632. He had 493 home runs, 534 doubles, 27 mm -hmm. hits, 2700 hits. In 17 seasons. Mm-hmm. 17 seasons. That's impressive. And his career was cut short. I mean, his his, his final full season before he got diagnosed with ALS, mm-hmm. 295, 410, 523 slash line, 20 homers, 114 RBIs, and he had ALS and didn't know it.
2: Yeah, and right. had that streak, an incredible yeah. streak that Cal Ripken broke. Yeah, but it, it, he I, is... By the way, where does Cal Ripken fall on this list? I just realized I haven't seen him. I'll find that while, uh, while we start Orioles. man. I'm
1: going to say even though he's a better shortstop and a better player than Derek Jeter was and you can fight me till, till to the <laughs> death on this he's a better player than Derek Jeter I bet they
2: have him somewhere in the 40s or 50s probably I'm looking for it though no, we, you we, know what? I'm
1: gonna say he's like
2: 37. okay he's not 37 um, but i'm gonna I'm gonna find this here in a second if he's not on
1: the top 100 the list gets burned
2: no, he's definitely in the top 100. I just don't know where it is. I'll find it. Alex Rodriguez, by the way, I just saw as number 26. I think he should be a lot higher than that. I think he should be a lot higher. higher. Yes. He's over 600 home run. He almost says 700. He's four away dude, from 700. Uh, dude. Uh, he's, he's all. How yeah. much. I mean, yes, he was a very good
1: player. He was a very good player. And I hated him because he was a very good player and he was stealing the limelight from Griffey. Mm-hmm. But I look at Alex Rodriguez and how do we know that his entire career
2: wasn't steroids? We, we, we don't. We don't. We have no... Like, like,
1: like, I can look at Barry Bonds and I can say, that's the best player I've ever seen, steroids or not. hmm
2: I don't... Well, we 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 saw his body change when he got to Texas which was 2001. And maybe so, he felt
1: the pressure of t- uh, of there, making 20 million dollars a year, right. or 25 million dollars a year.
2: Some of his best seasons though were before. You yeah. know, even before uh, yeah. steroids, before he got to New York and Texas. I mean, in Seattle he had a year where But you he, can't say before steroids because you don't know. We don't know, true, but in 1998 in Seattle when he was he was small, he you could tell his body was 40 wasn't, homers, 40 steals. Yeah, he had yeah. 40 40 year, uh hit 310 919 OPS. The his, guy
1: was incredible. His, his rookie season and I, I think that he lost um his rookie eligibility the year before but his first full season he hit 323 with 36 with 36 home runs
2: no he hit 358 that year oh 358 yeah. i'm sorry he Which had 100, a, he 36 36 homers 123 yeah. rbi and 215 hits i mean right. the guy was right incredible. so like,
1: no alex rodriguez is certainly one of the greatest players of all time but you, you don't know when fair enough i, I yeah you, you know what I mean?
2: where is ripkin I'm gonna find that. It's gonna
3: take
1: how me a while. Have you, how have you not it's a well, it's a I, list of a hundred. Go got, down to so see Cal Ripken Jr. How many cows they're, they're are make, there? They're
2: playing these ads with Santa Claus in them and I can't get out of it. Thanks, ESPN. Um, but no, I, I will find that in a minute. I literally have to watch this ad to keep reading the article. So <laughs> I um man, you this is the longest sounding off segment we've ever that had. Just had. That <laughs> just means it was good. That just means What does um, it do ESPN is is bothering me at the moment. Not letting me search the page, which is really annoying for Kyle Ripken. Maybe. I will find uh, it. But
1: the the Bryce Harper argument, he's 29 years old. He's already got a 40 war through 10 seasons, and he's won two MVPs. It, 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 can, and, can I redo the guys behind him, though? And the 916, his 916 OPS is only three points lower okay. than Duke Snyder. Yeah. Uh, they have very similar slash lines. Uh, I think it's because of what what Bryce Harper has done at such a young age, mm-hmm. and the fact that he probably still has ten years left in him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Bryce Harper is, I, I think, ninety four might even be selling him a little short.
2: Yeah, there were there were a few other current players that made this list. I think um, Scherzer was one of them. Uh, Clayton
1: Kershaw and Kershaw. Have to. Clayton
2: Kershaw is the other one. Yeah, so I, their first ballot hole. Yeah, and, and Pujols, if you count him, is still playing the game. Um, yeah, no, he I, say, I he, he he wants to come back. He was year. he was number thirty, I believe, on the list. Yeah,
1: he's if Pujols had matched what in Anaheim, what he did in St. Louis, mm-hmm. he'd be top five all time. He'd be yeah, he, he, yeah you'd be, we'd be having an argument should he be number one. But so we have
2: back to back Orioles in the '60s. Cal and Brady. Brooks, <laughs> close. <laughs> yeah, so Brooks number sixty-seven, Cal number sixty-six. Do not agree with that placement of Cal Ripken. Yeah, Cal Ripken nearly
1: forty points
2: below Derek
1: Jeter. Yeah, despite having yep. a career war yeah. thirty points higher. <laughs> yeah. than Derek yeah. Jeter. Yeah, uh, it's
2: it's all about World Series rings. Uh, I th- guess this is ESPN's list. This is ESPN's. You know, they, they,
1: they they suckle at the teat of the New York Yankees. <laughs> all right, like it's they're a joke.
2: I found Max Scherzer sixty-five. So anyway. Hey, we, you know what? I digress. Let, let's, let's
1: do this. Let's catch a break. Okay. We'll catch our final break, and then when we come back in, we'll get to Orioles Banter. All right? So, uh, the bat around today brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. We can bet on Sports and Maryland now, but we still can't bet online on, or on our phones. But you can feel like you're betting totally legally and right on your phone by playing Underdog Fantasy Football. Player props, parlays, and traditional fantasy games are all available and... We're going to give you some free money to play with. Thanks to our friends at Underdog Fantasy Football. Go to underdogfantasy.com or down the Underdog Fan- download the Underdog Fantasy app. Use the code PRESSBOX and whatever you download, up to $100, we will match. That's right, up to $100 when you use the code PRESSBOX with Underdog Fantasy Football. For the final football game of the season, Underdog is giving you a shoe in As they've set Joe Burrow's passing yards total at 1 yard. So find another prop you like and pair it with the Joe Burrow over for your chance to win with underdog fantasy football. Of course, if I made that bet, Joe Burrow would get sacked on the first play and be knocked out of the game. Uh, but it's pretty much a shoe, and he's going to throw for more than one yard in the Super Bowl. we got to get a, get a break when we come back on the Bat Around
5: Orioles Banter. After being virtual in 2021, the CIAA Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament is headed to Charm City this February 22nd through 26th. The CIAA is an event that has become a celebration of family, culture, and accomplishments that uplift and strengthen the African-American community. See the excitement in person as some of the best college basketball in the country comes to Baltimore's Royal Farms Arena with the CIAA Men's and Women's Conference Tournament. Get your tickets now at CIAA wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today.
2: Let me get that turned up a little bit. Hopefully it's not blasting in everyone's ears well, right me now. Me
1: joining GCR, one of the things I was most excited about was getting to play this music. Oh, I game. know. But this is just, I, I love, I, I gotta add this to my playlist.
2: We gotta get uh, Paul McCartney in here to write some lyrics to it.
1: I w- <laughs> yeah, yeah, t- t- turn that up a little bit. Wanna, oh, okay. I wanna know if this is like a real song that I can find somewhere. You're gonna Shazam it? I'm gonna Shazam it.
2: Okay. I feel like it's not. I'm just gonna make that assumption
1: maybe 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 we can talk so we don't have dead air yeah it's probably a generic thing
2: yeah no it's, uh, Glenn might know
1: it's it's super cool I I we, we say it every show how much it, we it love really this. is
2: great it really is great
1: so anyway we're gonna get into Orioles' banter here which is kind of what our last segment was about but it was uh Orioles banter today by the way is brought to you by Glenn Clark radio no we already did Glenn Clark radio it's brought to you by simply the bets.
2: Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Wednesday morning at 1130. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and V-SIN's Aaron Oster uh, joins the guys every week. Oster, my bad. to, uh, joins the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even offer to a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Wednesday at eleven thirty a.m. Brought to you by the Fan Fanstu- FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Listen at pressboxonline dot com slash radio. Watch at youtube dot com slash pressboxonline. It's funny, man, because I gave you. I, I'm I, sorry I, with the uh, Oster. I n- n- I, I've I never I, said that name in my life. Neither neither had
1: I, and um. I had to do a read for it, and I and I said oh, I asked him if it was Oster or Oster. So I get that. I didn't even know that that was that that was in there. I should have because that's the one that I read. So that was that that one's on me. That one's on me. But no, no big
2: deal. I, I almost said Brian Billick with Bruce Billick too because I'm just used to saying when I see Billick, it just yeah. comes out. Well,
1: th- his name isn't spelled that way,
2: but he spelled it that okay. way in
1: the read so that we knew how to pronounce it. Ah, every time I okay. see his
2: name, I think Billick, but it's it's Billick. Gotcha,
1: gotcha. Um, but anyway, so Orioles banter today. It's not really Orioles banter, it's baseball banter cuz sure. when the CBA is agreed to, mm-hmm. whenever that may be, there is going to be a free for all yeah. in free agency. It's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen when yeah. it comes to signing free agents. And with that in mind, we're going to take a look at the remaining top free agents and try and figure out where we think they're going to sign. So let's just get let's just dive right in here. Number 1 still out there Carlos Correa they think he's going to get ten years, three hundred and twenty million. Yeah. Um. Tim Dirks thinks it's going to be from the Tigers. Steve Adams thinks the Phillies. Anthony Franco thinks
2: the Tigers. Well, the Tigers got Baez, correct? Yeah. So that seems unlikely.
1: Well, and this is published in November. Oh, okay. so, Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Rangers already got two guys. Yeah. Um, the Yankees—they have a top prospect who's a shortstop. I think they got multiple of them. Yeah, and from what from what I'm hearing, I think that they're more likely to sign a guy like an Andrelton Simmons. Yeah, Sweeney and Volpe. Um, so with Carlos Correa, who needs a short? The Phillies might be if the Phillies are willing to spend the money, that might be a good destination for him.
2: Mm, yeah, um, they're already so tied up with Harper, though. I just don't know. That's a lot of money. Yeah,
1: but I, I don't. There's no cap. I don't think they care.
2: I'm gonna make my prediction. I think Chicago, the Cubs, are gonna be the team for Correa. Um, there's been reported interest there, and they're a team that went out and signed Stroman. They're retooling a bit. You know, they got rid of Chris Bryant, Baez, they got rid of a lot of their, Rizzo's gone. Um, a lot of their bigger guys are are gone at this point, but they went out and signed Stroman. They're looking to compete. I think the Cubs make a lot of sense for Correa. I think Seattle. Yeah, that could work Uh, too.
1: I I mean, they got J.P. Crawford, but Carlos Correa is such an... Yeah, um, uh, J.P.'s not
2: that good compared to Carlos Correa. He he
1: certainly, I mean, he's been good in Seattle, but he's not Carlos Correa. I, uh, they signed Robbie Ray. I think that they, they're they're losing Seager. Uh, he retired, and yep. they weren't going to bring him back anyway. I think that they want to okay. establish themselves as one as the team to beat out there. So I, I'm I'm going to say Seattle. Okay for Carlos Correa. All right. You want to go to Chris
2: Bryant? We just mentioned him.
1: No, we'll we'll, we'll get there. we will going in okay. order. Freddie Freeman, uh, six years, 180 million. There's been talk that the Yankees really want to take a run at him. I, he's going back to the Braves. Yeah. Atlanta. Yeah, Freddie, he's going back to Atlanta. All right. Chris Bryant, six years, $160 million. Mariners, Mariners, Mets are the guesses there.
2: Washington. That's my guess. Uh, it's been reported multiple times that Washington really likes Chris Bryant, and they even talked about getting him at the trade deadline before they ended up becoming sellers. So I think Washington's the team there. Are they willing to spend that kind of money when they're not close? I just think you have to build around Juan Soto in yeah. some, in some at some point, they already have so much money tied up in Strasburg that I feel like you, you almost have to still kind of try to go all in as much as you can while you have Soto under his rookie contract and before you extend him, and while you still have Strasburg under that big deal.
1: Uh, but what position is he going? Is he going to go play third base? Yeah, sure. For them? Why not? Because uh, he's been playing a lot of center field. He's I mean, been...
2: who's locked down third base in the Nationals? Right. No one. Right. It certainly hasn't been Carter Keeboom, who they hoped.
1: Yeah. What a bust. He's yeah, been, he's been uh, really bad. He, yeah. he has been. Um. Okay, I'll bite. Okay, I'll Nationals. say I'll, I'll I'll say Washington because yeah. they they've been they've been he's been linked to them for like six years. Yes, yeah. you, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'll I'll bite and say and say the Nationals. All right, I wouldn't Next. even be
2: surprised if there's a return of the Giants there though. Wouldn't be surprised.
1: Did I skip number two? Did I skip the number two guy? I might have.
2: Doesn't matter. Um, Doesn't matter. There's a lot of guys we can talk about here. Yeah, so they,
1: they, they, the 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 problem is that they have this. Oh, it's oh he already signed. That was that's Corey Seager. So a lot of these guys have already signed. Marcus Simeon, he signed. Number seven is Robbie Ray. He's you want, you want to do
2: Zach Greinke? Assuming he doesn't retire? Zach Greinke,
1: I don't think he's going to retire. I, think he's, I, I could see him going to the Yankees.
2: Yeah, that that's, makes sense. I, I kind of see him returning to Houston, though. It feels like he's just been a staple there for the past few years.
1: I think he wants to go someplace where he can start. And Maybe. I don't think, they, I, don't, yeah.
2: and I don't think they plan
1: on using him as a starter. Yeah, I, I could see him into the Yankees. I could see him. I think the honestly the Red Sox is probably my. Oh, pick. I was
2: about to say Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay loves those kind of. I mean, they just had Rich Hill, and they they like they those they aging
1: sign. He's gonna get more than Rich Hill would ever get though. That, oh, that's very
2: true. He's gonna so, get so a lot of money, but he not, is thirty eight.
1: Yeah, I I, I'm gonna yeah. say I'm gonna say the Red Sox. Okay. I think the Red Sox need starting pitching, Fair enough. and I think that Zach Greinke. I can already see his uniform. You know what I mean? It I, makes sense. I, I'm I gonna mean, say, I'm gonna say the Red Sox. Okay, and who are you saying?
2: I'm gonna go Houston. I really think he returns. Yeah, I just I, I something really, tells me that. I really feel
1: like they like they won't start him, and he wants to start. Fair enough. Him. Nick Castellanos, did he sign? He did not sign. No, I don't
2: believe he did. That's a tough one. There's so many teams that could use a guy like him, Just a, a straight, especially with the National League DH going into effect. Yeah. He's a guy who can be used anywhere. I have very little clue about what's going to happen there. And it,
1: it, it's, he's going to be with a contender. Sure. Most, most of these guys are going to sign with a contender. Yeah.
2: So Castellanos kind of feels like a Yankee to me.
1: There's not really... <sighs> yeah, he does. He,
2: he does. He, he seems like a guy that would make a lot of sense in a Yankee uniform. But... <coughs> Hmm. They 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 have him predicted to the
1: Rangers or Padres.
2: I was about to say San Diego. Actually, I was the ab- Padres
1: would be a good fit. Yeah,
2: they would be, especially with you know with Hosmer kind on the decline. They that that would make sense.
1: Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm uh, what who what, who are you saying? I'm gonna go
2: Padres. Been? Actually, I I think that's a good spot.
1: And what was the other team you said? the, uh, the Yankees? Yankees.
2: Yeah. I don't know if Texas, I don't know if they're, they've already spent a lot of money. They spent like $500 million in yeah, two days. Yeah, I,
1: I still think that they're all in.
2: I'll say Texas. Okay. I'll say Texas. I'm going Padres.
1: All right. Stroman's already signed. Javi Baez is already signed. Clayton Kershaw? Oh, man. He's going back. He's, he's, going, going, he's going, going back. back to he's, the he's There's no question. Yeah. Well, no. You, you
2: know what? He's going to he's going to sign with Texas. I someone said he cuz that's where he lives. Yeah. And someone said that he, he And,
1: yeah, and they, need, they they're they're going to sign these these big guys. So let me yeah. actually I'm going to change. I'm going to say Castellanos is going to go to the Padres. Yeah. And I'm going to take Clayton Kershaw in Texas yeah. because they they need pitching. They've
2: spent I mean John Daniels I believe is their GM and he spent I think he spent 500 million dollars in 3 days. On you know Corey Seager and all, he he went all in, so they might look at a guy like Clinton Kershaw, especially since he lives there, it makes sense. Kyle Schwarber. Um. Wow, that's a tough one. I guys like again, he's another one where any team could use him, and he's a guy that you know played for the Red Sox and the Nationals last year. And he honestly, he's a DH at this point. He right? is, and he so he and. He can go anywhere. I remember reading the Red Sox had mutual interest in bringing him back. hmm So, I'm going to go Red Sox. He probably returns. I'm going to say Tampa Bay. That feels like a good fit, I, I just feel like he's yeah. that, that,
1: that kind of guy that goes to the Tampa Bay Rays, like Nelson Cruz did at the trade deadline. That feels like a really good fit.
2: Speaking of which, Nelson Cruz, he ha- he hasn't signed with anybody, no, right? Who, no, no. Where, where's Nelson Cruz going? Baltimore. No, I'm just kidding. Um... Again, it's another one. I mean, he could be a fit literally, and especially with the National League DH going into effect, he could be a fit anywhere. It'd be fun to see him play in, in Colorado. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. How about Philadelphia? Maybe.
1: Uh, I, I feel like they want to get another bat in there. they maybe, and if he's going to DH, I could see him. I could see him going to Philadelphia. I, I think that the Reese, Reese Hoskins. I. I mean, he, he he's plays okay. For, the, the 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 bat. I mean, he's a two twenty hitter. Yeah, you know what I mean. I I, I could see them having bringing in. Uh, Nelson Cruz making him their DH for a couple of years. Honestly, he might be on a year-to-year basis at this point because he's forty, right? He might be on at a year-to-year basis. But um, so, where where would you think exactly for Nelson
2: Cruz? No idea. If I'm being honest, um, he's he could literally go anywhere. I could see him even going to a team like Oakland. Um, just it seems like a, a fit there as well. I see Mal west somewhere. I don't know why, but you know, maybe maybe Oakland, maybe Colorado would be a lot of fun. Um, Colorado is always a team that makes weird signings like that because they're not yeah. looking to compete. But then they go and I sign a uh, guy like Nelson Cruz. I don't
1: think he'd sign with a team that's not going to get him a chance to win a championship. You're right. So I, so I
2: Oakland maybe that my pick. Uh, I'm gonna, o- Oakland's in a in a rebuild. They
6: are. They,
1: they, they gave away everybody. They always compete though. Yeah, but th- that was Bob Melvin's not there anymore. Yeah, There's you're term- right on that. Yeah, There's yeah. turmoil looking for a new stadium. There's a lot of stuff going around I, out there in Oakland. Both teams, honestly, I, the football team. Uh, who, then, who was your pick for Nelson Cruz? The Phillies.
2: I'll go with that. Then I, I really don't know that he's so tough because he's you know 42 years old at this point, and we don't know what he is as a player anymore. So I, I do I, you think the Yankees would bring him into DH? I don't feel like that's a, a signing they'd make. Um, I don't know with, with having Joey Gallo already. Who I believe is still under contract. Uh, with Yeah, them. yeah, he is. So and Rizzo is a free agent, I believe. We can talk about no, him. I think
1: I think he's still under under contract too. Okay, yeah, did, no, yeah. The, he's still there. He's he's got another year. Yeah, left. Yeah, so
2: I don't feel like with those guys being there, that Nelson Cruz might be a good fit. Especially yeah, they're, they're, there already, as well.
1: they're already a beer league softball team.
2: <laughs> right. Um, so next, Carlos Rodon threw a no hitter this year. Um, he was very. He was in the Cy Young running. He yeah, was very good this year. I think year. he came in like. I, I think he was drafted in like. Uh, the first round of sixth overall or something a few years ago. He's a, a high-profile guy. Um, Rodon.
1: If there were no I, Trey Mancini story, I think he would have been Comeback Player of the Year. Yeah, you're probably right. I,
2: I actually want to go Red Sox for Rodon.
1: They seem to think he's only going to get one year. I saw somebody say Orioles one year, $20 No, million. no. There's no way they're no. doing that.
2: By the way, my dad just said cruise to the Brewers, and that actually makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. Yeah. That makes that makes a, too much sense for it to a good not one. happen. That's a good. That, one.
1: that makes a lot of. Your dad's a smart man. <laughs> um, he is. I'm going to say Rodon to the Rangers.
2: Okay, uh, they he, did sign John Gray already, though. So maybe that's they're they're done with pitch. I don't know. That's that's another topic. John one. Gray's nobody. John Gray. John Gray has never done anything. They gave him how much did they give him? They gave him. They gave, him, $56 million, a they, they gave so. him
1: a lot of money to pitch to a 5-3 ERA, is mm-hmm. what they did. John Gray has never done... John Gray was, like a, was once a top prospect. I mean, I'm not a fan, but... And he's put together like one sub-four season. Uh, I, I could be wrong, but Fair I, enough. I know that he's been mediocre at best. And he spent a lot of time pitching in Colorado. I just have no faith in John Gray whatsoever. <laughs> Speaking of which, there's John Gray next on the list, but he's already signed. Um... Saya Suzuki. Oh, okay. Coming over Oh, from... Anthony Rizzo is a free agent.
2: Okay. I, I thought so. I had a feeling. Um Rizzo. We'll do we'll do Rizzo first. Um Yankees, I mean, obviously is it would be a good place to return to. Um I remember reading something about him possibly having again interest in coming back to the the Cubs again as well. Uh maybe he goes wherever Chris Bryant goes. I mean, that's a possibility too since they're best friends. Um if Bryant goes to the Nationals, I, Josh Bell, Josh Bell. Josh Bell Bell's played. already there. Yeah. yeah, but there is a DH now, so maybe Rizzo goes in DHs for the Nationals. Yeah,
1: but I, I, I they're also talking about bringing back Ryan Zimmerman. And that seems like a bad decision. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and they don't. If you're bringing in Anthony Rizzo, a he's a good first baseman. You're bringing him in to play first base. B. If you're going to DH him, he's going to DH every day. You're not going to have him in a platoon with Ryan Zimmerman plus I, I i don't think that the nationals are in a position i think that they are like i said they're they they're rebuilding they aren't in position to go out and just keep signing these 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 guys i think chris bryant and that's assuming chris bryant would even want to sign there because again th- these are guys who are getting further into, into their careers they're not 26 you right, know they're 30 right. 31 they want to go play for a winner you know um Rizzo, i could see him wanting wanted to go play for miami and wanted to stay close to home. I mean, went okay. home in Douglas High School. He's from Florida. I could see him wanting to do that. I don't think he goes back to the Cubs unless the Cubs show they're serious about winning. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to say the Marlins. I, I think the Marlins want to be okay. better, and I think they're going to sign Anthony Rizzo.
2: Or he goes back to the Yankees. You never know. I'll guess Nationals. I see him wanting to play with Chris Bryant again. There's such a there's such a thing together that I I feel like that could make sense. And with the D, the DH throws so many a hitch in really all of this. It throws so many changes around the league and, and what's going to happen in free agency post the lockout. Um, once we get there. So I don't know. All right, Jorge Soler. World Series MVP. Yeah, but he's not very good.
1: <laughs> he's got he hit 40 plus homers the other. Uh, a couple Didn't he of years hit like ago.
2: 200 though this year?
1: Yeah, but he was he was a star in the post
2: in the postseason. He was. Uh, I mean, he was great for the Braves. No doubt about that. Um, uh, I'm gonna guess the Marlins.
1: That's one of the ones. That, that's one of the teams that they have okay. listed here. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say he goes back to the Braves. I think he became a got fan it. favorite down there, and I think that they're, especially with there being a DH now, yeah. I can see him going back to the Braves. I
2: remember hearing that the Marlins were really interested in outfielders, so he's maybe an upgrade to what they have. So I'll go with the Marlins. All right. Hmm. I got some over here if you want me to bring one up. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Michael Conforto. Oh,
0: man. I
1: think they really like their outfield in, in New York. He's, in, he's not in, going and, back and, to New York, and, yeah. And, and, and he fell off. Teams looking for outfielders. I love
2: Michael Conforto, love him.
1: If they're looking for outfielders, Marlins.
2: Yeah, that would make sense. That would. I would also even throw in the Brewers as another one. I could see him being. He just feels like a Brewer to me. I don't know By why. By the way, Christian Yelich,
1: man, is he done?
2: I don't know if he's done, but he's never going to be... Or he might never be what he is, or what he was. when That's he, when
1: unbelievable, he was. The, the the quick fall-off. Yeah. Fractured
2: he, the kneecap and the quick fall-off. He was so unbelievable a few years ago. Yeah. Uh,
1: it, he's just a hitter. He was unbelievable yeah. in the World Baseball Classic, which, by yeah. the way, when the hell is that coming back?
2: No idea, but I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm also going to throw in the D-backs for Conforto. Maybe. that they, They're another team that loves those left-handed outfielders like I Conforto. Just
1: don't, I don't... Uh, I, I guess he doesn't really have a choice. He he doesn't get because he's been so bad for the last couple of, mm-hmm. the last couple of seasons. But he was really good for a while.
2: Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can see. I can <laughs> see the feedback. This is all a crapshoot, honestly. I mean, yeah. we, we don't know. We're
4: gonna be wrong. Ninety
2: percent <laughs> of them on, Maybe on more. every
1: one of these. Let's just do. Let's do a couple more. Okay. Let's just do two more. Kenley Jansen.
2: He's not very good anymore compared to what he used to be. Um Man. I mean, I don't really think the Dodgers want him back at this point. It seems like they've kind of soured on him. Didn't they they move him out of the closer role eventually last season? He was closing in the
1: playoffs. Was he?
2: Okay. Boston. Really? Okay. I think they need they. Boston or Philly? They need relief help. Philly definitely. I'll go with Philly. That's a great one. Then I'll take Boston. They really need relief help in Philly. They've their bullpen is always bad. They really need work there. So I'll, I'll go with Jansen and Philly.
1: All right. And one more. Ugh. Does Kyle Seeger come out of retirement and play third base for the Orioles? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> not um,
2: quite. Andrew McCutcheon's on here as a free agent. I don't oh, really think man. he's too interesting um, based at this point in his career. Do
1: you, you, you have a better list than I do? Because my list has literally three paragraphs for every single player in the top.
2: Okay, here's, here's a relatively good one. Brad Hand, pretty valuable lefty reliever with the Mets last year.
3: Hmm...
2: Seattle. I was going to say the Phillies again. The Phillies are just it seems like stay in the division uh the Phillies just need so much bullpen help. They yeah. really do. Seattle makes sense though too. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to say Seattle. Okay. All
1: right. All right. Not a not a bad segment. I no, hope. it's fun. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's fun for us. I hope we didn't bore a ton of people to sleep with that, but uh sure. it, it's fun for us because guys, there's going to be so it, it we're talking about it because there's a CBA meeting today. Yep. And there's going to be so much activity once this thing gets agreed to. If it's agreed to today, this free, better be this free <laughs> or this free agent frenzy is going to start this week. Yeah, um, it's not going to be agreed to. No, today. I, know, I, I know. I'm I'll be keeping my eye on Twitter literally yeah, all day. Me too. Um, but th- this is a thing that like we need to talk about because be- people are going to be people want to know where they're going. Players yeah. want to know where they're playing. And if spring it it once this thing gets gets agreed to. Spring training is going to start within the, within a week. Correct. After yeah. that, you yeah. got to know where you're going. You and do. Got to get ready for the season, especially when it's already on a delay. Oh my God, man! It's going to be unlike anything we've ever
2: seen. I agree. I agree. You got one more bill to pay for us, right? I do. I do, and let me pull that out right now. These are the final days to pick up PressBox's annual Best of Print issue. On the cover, we celebrate Justin Tucker as our MoGaba Sportsperson of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily cover of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at pressboxonline.com. Coming Wednesday, a new print edition of PressBox celebrating the 20th anniversary of Maryland's basketball's run to the 2002 national championship.
1: I remember that. I remember I went to opening day mm-hmm. in 2002,
2: and you were you were at Frostburg during this, right? Am I correct in saying that? No, no, no. no? I, was, I was still a senior in high school. Okay.
1: Don't. I'm not that. I'm almost <laughs> that old. I'm almost that old. Um, I believe that what happened was I went to opening day and Tony Batista hit a grand slam off Roger Clemens and the Orioles won. Yeah, it was opening day 2002. The Orioles beat the Yankees 10 to 3. Rodrigo Lopez, uh, picked up the win in relief. And then I came home and I watched Maryland win the national championship on TV. So it was, uh, I remember that day very, very well. I still have my Maryland National Championship hat. I have my Maryland National Championship basketball. Oh, nice. That I got for Christmas from Laura's grandmother. Um, nice. Yeah, I- I'm uh, I'm very excited to to read this new print- okay. press box print edition because I-, I just have fond memories of that team, and I don't know that Maryland's ever going to get back there.
2: I don't know either. don't really watch a lot of Maryland basketball. When I do, they usually lose. So I uh, haven't seen a lot of it recently, but... I was also going to uh, segment into our trivia here, if you're ready for that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. So you wanted to do some Orioles trivia, and I didn't want to make it like too hard, but I also didn't want to make it too easy, so you'll, you'll probably do pretty well on this one. But four Orioles all time are... And i gotta, I got to make sure I'm counting this right, because I just realized I may... Uh, yeah, four Orioles of all time uh, have 200 hits in a season. Two of them did it twice. Who were the Orioles and what years? did they get their 200 hit seasons all right uh cal did it twice yes cal did it twice he did it in
1: 1983 correct and 1991
2: yeah it's two mvp years that probably the easiest ones right there Um, maybe the only ones i would have gotten personally miguel Tejada did it in 2004 he did he did and bj serhoff did in 1998 no you got Surhoff correct, but the, the year wrong.
1: Nine, uh, it was idea It was 99 because 99 yep, he was an exactly. all-star. He had 28 home runs. He had like 207 hits or something like that.
2: You're correct. Wow, that is right on. <laughs> 207 hits. Yeah, and
1: 28 home runs.
2: Yes, yes, I think so. I would have so to I, check on the home run part, but I got the I got the hits thing uh, right so here. I, so I got them all. That was uh, said no. four. Orioles, you I have, have you have two more to get.
1: I got Ripken, Tejada. You got Ripken. Sirhoff. You
2: got Ripken twice. Surhoff in 1999. Tejada in 2004. You have two more.
1: Two hundred hits yeah. in a season. Mm. It wasn't. I'm gonna say Brooks. I'm gonna say Brooks Robinson. Not Brooks.
2: No, that would have be been one of my guesses as well. I That's... was
1: like spot on with the other guys. Bro. Yeah, I know. You got Zahada um,
2: and Ripken, and yeah, Sirhoff. Um, did Zahada do it twice? Zahada did do it twice
1: because it was 0-4-0-5. 0-6. oh four oh five
2: oh six oh four oh
1: six because he yeah. was. He was really good his first three years here, yeah. And it's crazy because then he left and with the Astros in 2009, Mm -hmm. he led the National League with 199 hits, and he had, and I think he also
2: led in doubles. Okay, nice. Um, you have one more to get here. I think this is probably the hardest one. Is this uh, modern or like it's a modern guy? So post 1954. Which Dude, when I say modern, I mean, I
1: mean modern to you and me.
2: Oh, uh, so no, no, not really. I don't. I don't believe I you. Technically, no, you the, were the You weren't alive. I wasn't th- alive either. Te- technically,
1: <laughs> the Orioles franchise was. It is the Browns, the St. Louis right. Browns. Right, and there's franchise. a
2: lot more guys who got 200 hits here that I yeah, but I don't count the Browns. No, I don't either. I, I, I don't look. That's at why the, I didn't put those guys in.
1: Just like I don't think the Indianapolis Colts should count the Baltimore Colts in no. there in their storied history.
2: You were not alive when this happened. Ken Singleton. No. Is it was around that same time though?
1: Roughly. Hmm. It's not Eddie Murray. He was never a 200 hit guy. No.
2: Um. Let me see if they ever played on the team. Ken Singleton and this other guy played on the team together. I'm assuming they did. Just got to make sure. Man. Yes, was, Ken, Ken Singleton was on this team. So
1: And Ken Singleton... Mm, <coughs> 70s or 80s? 80s. So it would have to have been 80 to 82. I'm going to assume it was 82 because they won like 100 games but missed the playoffs. Um, I'm drawing such a blank here. Yeah, this is the toughest one. I think
2: I don't know if I would have gotten Sirhoff, though, if you had given this to me. He was so good in '99. Yeah, it's just not a name I ever like think about right off the bat he, when he, I think he, 200 he, hits.
1: He hit over 300. Uh, he hit over 300. He was he was an all star. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm uh, 1982. Ugh.
2: Al Bunbury? It was Al Bunbury, but not in 1982. It was 81? 80. 80. They, I think Al they Bunbury. won 100 games in 80 also
1: and missed the playoffs. They probably did. Yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were so good back Al, then. Yeah, because I'm thinking, I'm like, Al Bunbury still looks like he's in great shape he right is. now. Yeah. yeah uh, I, well, so who would have been? So he, it was Al Bunbury.
2: He was at Ripken Stadium a few years ago and I flicked the grasshopper off his shoulder. That's my claim to fame.
1: <laughs> I saw him... At Greystone, oh really? Back in like 2001, when I was That's golfing cool. with my dad, and he was like, he was shredded then. I was like, holy crap, Al Bumbry! He looks like he could still play. Yeah, and I was in 2001. Greystone's a nice course. Yeah, I like, I like Greystone. I never play well there, but I like it. <laughs> it's hard. Um, ah, so I got them all.
2: Yeah, you did. I got. You're, you're I, done. I, I
1: didn't get the year. The years. The year's hard. They're they're a
2: lot harder. I think the two easiest ones, obviously were Ripkin in '83 and '91. Yeah. But the other ones are a bit tougher. But um, I still got them. You, I, you got them all. Yeah. That's. Yeah, I, it, Better than I would have done on that question
1: yeah uh, that was that was a great trivia question that Thank was you. fun that was fun for that me. was a fun one. And I, I I'm so glad I got them all all right very good, <laughs> very good um Today's program has been brought to you by the CIAA tournament. Uh, it was virtual in 2021, but the CIAA men's and women's basketball tournament is back in Charm City, February 22nd through the 26th. DJ Cool's going to be there. Let me clear my throat. <laughs> anyway, the CIAA. lot AA, of singing on this show today. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I, dude, I don't think you realize how much I sing. So- you know Songbird of sing. your generation. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's what I've been called. Um, <laughs> Paul Valley the <III>, Third, the songbird. <laughs> um, but anyway, the C I A A Tournament is back. It's an event that's become a celebration of family, culture, and accomplishments to uplift and strengthen the African-American community. See the excitement in person as some of the best college basketball in the country comes to Baltimore's Royal Farms Arena with the C I A A Men's and Women's Conference Tournament. Get your tickets now at C.I.A.A.Tournament.org. That's org. All right, man. We're about to get out of here. Go enjoy the rest of this weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl tomorrow. Who do you have in the Super Bowl?
2: Rooting for the Rams, but give me the Bengals.
1: Do you want? Do you have a, a line?
2: Yeah. Um, are you going to score? You can do a score, yeah. I'm just going to do a score. More traditional of the show. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with 41 to 38. It's going to be a high-scoring game wow. where it's an all-out shootout. All right, so...
1: I've been saying Bengals by three or six, right? Yeah, I just went by three, so... And I keep coming back to their offensive line is so bad. Yeah. And the the, the Bangs. The Rams. (laughs) The the Bangs. The Bangs. (laughs) The Rams' pass rush is so good. Yeah. I keep coming back to that.
2: Von Miller, Aaron Donald, it goes on. Yeah,
1: man. So...
2: and nobody's talking about the Rams. Nobody. It, they it, it's, gotten all, it's the Joe Burrow story. It, it's it's really getting annoying, honestly. I don't even dislike Joe Burrow, but the, just the media obsession. I,
1: I can see the Bengals winning this game 24-17. to 17, Okay. But I can also see the Rams winning this game 34-10.
2: to 10. Wow. Okay. Maybe the fact that the Bengals are getting all the the yeah. media attention feel, turns like the, it the, the other way. I think the Rams are feeling
1: like they're being district.
2: I'm going to say I'm going to say Rams thirty-four to ten. That could very well happen. And uh, this I'd love is, to see
1: it. Happen. I've been saying this is the first time I've swayed. I've been saying Bengals by three to six mm-hmm. for, since for the last two weeks. I'm saying Rams. Thirty-four to ten because I feel
2: like they're probably they. I think they feel like they're being disrespected. Nobody has talked about the Rams all week. It's been Nobody. Joe Burrow is the coolest guy ever. Have you seen him? He smoked a cigar after his win in LSU. Oh my god, he's the coolest guy. I'm like I am so tired of hearing it at this point. No, like I I don't care. And, I, and I'm and sorry. And I don't and care. I, <laughs> I like Joe. I like
1: Joe Burrow. He's a winner. He's a great competitor. Uh, he, he's I don't a care. winner. Um, more singing. <laughs> but Matt Stafford, the first year that he gets out of Detroit, goes to the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. With that pass rush. The crazy thing about this, man, Eric Weddle mm-hmm. comes out signal of retirement. Now, yeah. He comes out of retirement for the playoffs, leads the team in tackles in the NFC Championship uh-huh. game, and now he's the signal call. He's wearing the yeah. green dot. Love it. Like, cool. I love Eric Weddle. Oh, I do too. Rams
2: by a million. Hopefully uh, I'll have some good ice cream after that
1: one. Ra- yes. Uh, yeah, that's how we should celebrate. Yeah. Uh, Rams 34, Bengals 10, Super Bowl. Love it. 56. Hope it happens. Six. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning into the Bat Around. Hopefully, we'll be back with some great news regarding the CBA <laughs> next Saturday. Don't hold your breath.
4: Until then, see ya.